Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of the all of our thoughts and feelings <laughs> about the book. Today we're discussing chapter four of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets at Flourish and Blots. Um, quickly, we have announcements and reminders. They're pretty much the same announcements and reminders that we always have. <laughs> Sometime, someday they'll change, um, but not right now. Um, so we want this podcast to be interactive. If you want to know, we want to know your thoughts. So please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag wizard team on Twitter to follow along. Um, at the very least, let us know who you think is the real MVP and who's benched. Um, and then if you want to do more than that and just like, you can talk back to us on here. You can just like any other thoughts that you had about the chapter that we didn't think of. Unless your name um, is Imani Heron, in which case we know what you think. Thanks. <laughs> um, we know your feelings. Robin. Sorry. I'm kidding. <laughs> I want to hear everyone's thoughts and feelings. She's trying to censor people. My goodness. I'm just saying. All his feelings all up in my mentions all the time. Okay. Um, also, have you ever <laughs> wondered what it would be like? What just happened to my... Da- okay, we're good. We're back. Um, have you ever wondered what it would be like to be black at Hogwarts? Um, do you want to write about it? We're working on a project called Hogwarts BSU. Um, which is illustrating what it would be like to be a black Hogwarts student. So if you would like to submit, you can check out the website for guidelines. You can send me any, or us, any thoughts you have. Um, thoughts, um, if you have like, like really rough drafts or outlines, a full draft, If you just have an idea that you want to. Like if you, yeah, that you want to like bounce off of us or whatever. Like totally cool. I'm down to talk Potter 24-7. All the time. All the all time. All the time. Um, and yeah, um, pictures and any other kind of, it doesn't need to just be um, fan fiction or um, yeah. it can be whatever medium that your heart desires. We just want to see how you, it, we want to see your vision of the Harry Potter world, how you see it. Um, mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about how the movies really um, shape how we see the books and how we visualize the books, but this is a way for you to show us your visual, how you visualize the books. Also, this is one of those things where the reminders will change the more that you submit, you know? True. So if you're, Eventually, if we'll... you don't want to hear this blurb anymore, submit something. <laughs> so damn, I'm sick of y'all. <laughs> here, here, here's my submission. Um, Man. Um, <laughs> so also subscribe to our newsletter. Every week we share uh, nerd news and the things that are, have been going on in culture that are, you know, keeping us nerding out, as we like to say. Um, if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can go to blackgirlsnerdout.com and subscribe there on the side panel, I believe. Um, or you can go to tinyletter.com forward slash B-G-N-O and subscribe there. You can also see all of our past newsletters. Make sure um, to follow us at yep. We Black and Nerds on Twitter. Like us at Black Girls Nerd Out on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. Yep. Maybe. Well, I'm only I'm saying this, but like knowing me, it won't happen because I'm good with like two social medias at a time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe when we go to London, we can get a Snapchat. But like, oh, that shit takes up hella battery. I don't even know how phone. to use it. 
I know how to use it. I just don't so, like usually have occasions to mm-hmm. use it. I feel like traveling might be one or like yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I think, we don't have a Snapchat. I think, don't look for us on Snapchat. Don't look for us on Snapchat. <laughs> and I think when we go to London, we can just use Instagram. We should just that's be true. using it. Like yeah, but that's like by I said, I think we are both like about two social media. At and a like, time. and, and for I'm, me, and it's really like it's one. one. <laughs> for me, it's two. For me, two, and I count it as two because it's like Twitter and then half Instagram, half Facebook. Ah, <laughs> and like I know how to use true. Facebook, but I don't. Yeah. So for for reasons, <laughs> um, and Instagram, I just forget. Yeah, y'all so like, know, y'all um, know why we yeah. don't use Facebook. As soon as your grandma signs up on Facebook, it's over. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just like pretty much. We go on there, mm-hmm. we share what we've done. You can like us on Facebook. We're always at least um, uploading what we've done on there. We we will talk back because, you know, we get notifications. And if the notification is like, someone had something to say about Harry Potter, uh, definitely we're going <laughs> to be yeah, responding but it's not to that. As like, but, but it's not as, like, constant as Twitter where yeah. I'm like, I'm always on Twitter. Yeah, we all, we, we have. Even when I'm not, like, tweeting, I'm on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it. like, the first thing I do when I wake up. Like, what happened today? Oh, let's go on mm-hmm. Twitter and figure it out. Um, exactly. So, we're going to dive right in um, with what's happening in the Potter fandom right now. So, there is... No news. Yeah, no news. Because this is our first timey whiny episode of the year. Um, yeah. You guys are listening to this episode a week after um, chapter three, but we are mm-hmm. actually, it's been about 20 minutes since we. <laughs> yeah. And that's was being like, generous. So. And that was, yeah. It was more like, all right, we got to get a snack, get some water. All right, start over. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so yeah, it's been real quick. We are. Yeah, I don't know. Bayana's my last week of my last week of January is super like yeah. crazy. Yeah, so got shit to do. I ain't got nothing to do. Double up. Yeah, um, but you're just salty because it's low key Chicago related. But why do you? I mean, but I'll be in San Francisco. Whatever. So cool. We just have to. It's not even it's bring not that even, up I'm because not even, I'm not even going. I'm not even going yet. You know, I still don't even go. Whatever. Like two, I'm just gonna. Months. You know, whatever. I don't need to. Whatever. It's just, you know, you say things and you don't think about the consequences of how you say them or how those things that you say affect people and their emotions. You just want to be like, Chicago, because Chicago Chicago ain't even all that cool. Let me just tell you that right now. Let me just tell you right now. I've been to Chicago. I've been there. Okay, it's windy and it's cold. So if you want to just go off and be in Chicago, just go be in Chicago. Just go do that. I mean, I'm going to. I mean, yeah, I'm fine. Just go and do get that. Paid for it, but yeah, okay. Yeah, and I'll be here. You can come visit you know, me. <laughs> I don't even want to visit you. Oh. I don't even want to now. Oh, Look at this. Okay. That's cool. how about that? How about them apples? I mean, I'm a, I'm gonna still see you on Facetime at least once a week. So. <laughs> I'm gonna be there like all the time. At the very least, she's gonna, she gonna be texting me talking like, about Harry Potter for an hour and a half. She's gonna be texting so. me like, "What are you doing? I'm in the airport waiting on the red eye flight to come see you for the weekend." Exactly. I'm <laughs> gonna be like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna be here." <laughs> I just decided 20 minutes ago that exactly. I'm going. Um, but we do actually have some news. Hot take. I don't oh, know if you guys okay. know this. Oh. Are you oh, sure? Oh yeah. Duh. Yeah. I, I, I don't think you know what I'm about to say, because this is new. I didn't, and then I, I don't know, maybe. I don't think so, because I don't think anyone's heard this before. Oh, okay. I think this is, like, this brand is new. brand new. In the 20 minutes between last episode and this episode. Something just dropped. Something went down. And okay. it's big. So I'm going to need y'all, sure. I'm going to need everyone to sit down for this. For sure. Are you ready? Brace I'm yourselves. Ready. 
Hermione is black. What? what? She's what? still black, y'all. Since when? Since 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Since forever. Since forever. Since the beginning. Sure. Of, since 1993. It's lit. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, this is 1980 because that's when she was born. Yes. She's, um. Yes. <laughs> I'm a, I'm such a dork. <laughs> you really are. Can we also talk about the fact that I don't even know what you were sending me about, but she, you were like, it's lit. And I was like, no, it's a lituation. No, it's not. Oh, my Jon Snow and Black Panther memes. Oh, uh, yeah. But no, I but there was those. a reason. Oh, because uh, Ryan Coogler was officially official. It was officially official. Oh, no, no, no. No, that was, no. I was sending you those lit ones because I was being dumb. And then, like, the next day, they announced Ryan Coogler was official. And then I sent you my Black Panther lituation one that I've had since they announced, since they since they released the Civil War trailer. Yeah. And I was like, lituation. But it's not, because that's not a thing. It is a lituation. You don't have to, if anyone doesn't know, if you couldn't, like, infer from the word, lituation is a lit situation. <laughs> No. <laughs> if I cannot talk about the Hogwarts guidance counselor. I can't say lituation? No. I feel like that's not, um, I feel like that's not the same. Really? I do. Because I feel like, beloved, ooh, touchdown. Beloved, I feel like. Again? Well, you over here watching <laughs> football. Okay. But the, let's actually. The Chiefs are getting their butt the... kicked. But yeah, so we are running out of time here. Um, yeah. I feel like the Hogwarts Why guidance counselor is like a running out of time. Se- Sorry. Sorry. It's a serious thing and it and it directly like affects how people, you know, grow and mature and how they understand their situations. Like if Do you need Iyama for that? If Hagrid would have just called a thing a thing and said, you know, the pathology of being a motherless child a motherless half giant is why okay, I feel so this is not a lituation. This is, and I, I think if, that I feel we like should go Hagrid, to things that are more lit. If Hagrid would have um, said, for example, if Hagrid, chapter four, if Hagrid would have tried to finish the chamber though. of secrets at flourish and blots. Can I finish this thought though? Just real I quick. Yes. If you want. Oh, your hair looks cute. Um, thank you. That's good to know. Cause I'm only, I only see like, I'm working <laughs> on this really tiny ass box on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if Haggart would have just said, the pathology of me being a motherless half-giant is why I feel the need to mother all of these unwanted creatures, because I also felt unwanted. If he would have just stopped and said, beloved, nothing that you do, this, this fool's errand of loving Norbert will not lead you to f- happiness and fulfillment. We wouldn't have been in that situation we were in last season. Last season, mm-hmm. last book, whatever. Yeah. Last season. <laughs> last season on Wizard Team. On Wizard Team. Um, yeah, so, boom. Okay. That's that. Whatever. Hogwarts guidance counselor, she has merit. She says things that you need to know. Alrighty then. So, let's go into At Flourish and Block. Let's do that, beloved. So, uh, please don't. <laughs> okay. So, life at the borough was as different as possible from life on Privet Drive. Um, which is like, yeah, we kind of got to see that a little bit in the last chapter of just like yeah. how things, and it's like not just magic, but it's also like the atmosphere of it. So, it's like very loving and whatever. And then also, and really like cluttered and like there's a lot going on there. It's full of like people. Full um, of life. It's like, yeah, full of life. Thank you. Versus it being really like sterile and, and like, sanitized and fake and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, 
<clears throat> the other thing that we have to think about is that the Weasleys rescued Harry on his birthday. So he's going right. to be at the borough for a month. So this is probably, I think, maybe like the first week he's there or two weeks mm-hmm. um, of being at the borough. So uh, if you... I mean, yeah, it's not the same as living there day in, day out for 12 years or 15 years or however old, like, the other Weasleys are. But um, being somewhere for a full week is a long time to, like, kind of get yourself, like, accumulated. And he's, like, folded himself. Now, by now, he's folded himself into the daily routine. They're used to seeing him. Like, the first couple days, he's probably, like, bumbling around, like, what's doing? Where's the bathroom? How How does the shower work? Like, just real, like, basic shit. Like, where where do I fit in? Um, Ginny's still being a little bit... Weird. weird and starstruck but she's gotten like she's calmed down a bit um yeah so um mrs weasley well so hold up so at the very end of this paragraph it says what harry found most unusual about life at ron's however wasn't the talking mirror or the clanking ghoul it was the fact that everyone everybody there seemed to like him so it's like Ugh. not even the magic stuff which is like sad because the Dursleys are horrible but also it's like happy because yeah he's around he's in an atmosphere and in a place where people like like him I um, have a friend and it's not like and it's in a different like atmosphere than Hogwarts where it's like Hogwarts people a lot of people who don't know him, like he has friends mm-hmm. and he has people who like him but he's not surrounded by people who like him and who want that want the best for him he's surrounded by people who like see you know they're in school and then also they're at the very le- least if him. they do think yeah i was like if they do think about him it's about how he's the boy who lived and it's not necessarily about like him as a person yeah um, um and it's about their perceptions of him and not who he actually is i have a friend mm-hmm. um who i was not going to name but i'll name her she's amazing her name is dara wilson you can follow her at dara m wilson on twitter and she reminds me a lot of harry where um i woke up today and we were talking about like just the things that she's she does, and I'm like, you just have to at a certain point just realize that you're cool, people like you, and you're pretty, so people are gonna say that you're pretty, and you can like, you know, be like, okay, it's just it's not really me, it's just the fact that my face is, you know, aesthetically pleasing, and that has nothing to do with who I am. But at a certain point, like beloved, call a thing a thing, and let's move on, because we can't be talking about how weird it is that someone has like remarked on the fact that you are smart accomplish or whatever because you are those things and i think that um with harry it's the same where we get to a certain point um in his in his life in the series where it's like okay you need to just kind of like accept like we were talking about last episode accept the fact that like ron and hermione are just there for you and they mm-hmm. and you know like it this is how it is like this is your relationship and no one is, you know, the Dursleys are the Dursleys, but they're a specific breed of asshole and damage that has nothing to do with who you are as a person. And the fact that other people like you and enjoy your company is actually fairly normal and it's the right response to who you are. You know, like, Mm -hmm. he's just a very, like, we've talked about in numerous ways. He's a very nice, good, sweet kid. And that is objectively true yeah. to everyone except for and we'll see in a couple of pages like Malfoy he goes out of his way to be salty and you know he's just, he's just, he's jealous. just jealous really I mean like Beyonce Harry's Beyonce <laughs> yes always and be Beyonce and if you can't be because you can't be then deal be yourself I yeah guess. be yourself <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, strive. Um, but always strive yeah. for Beyonce levels. For of Beyonce. Slayage. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Mrs. Weasley fussed over the state of his socks and tried to force him to eat fourth helpings at every meal. Mm-hmm. Mr. Weasley liked Harry to sit next to him at the dinner table so that he could bombard him with questions about life with muggles, asking him to explain how things like plugs and the postal service work. Fascinating, he would say, as Harry talked him through using a telephone. Ingenious, Ingenious really. Really. <laughs> how many ways muggles have found of getting along without magic. Um, what I love that. Like, it's is the so function cute. of a rubber duck. Of a rubber duck. Oh, gosh. Um, I just love how cute that is. But then also, I just want to pat ourselves on the back real quick. Like, we kind of we got along without magic. Good for us. Good Actually, for us. you know, if you think about it, a telephone is magic. Like, an iPhone like, it's a computer in your hand. They're like, I mean, it's silence. It's science silence. It's science, but still, like, is it? Is it really? Is it really? I don't know. How understand small those it, so things it are? It's magic. It's magic, right? right? That's what it's I'm magic. saying. It's bigger on the inside. That's what I'm saying. At the very least, it's Gallifreyan technology. Yes. Some other worthy shit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Also, I love the fact that, like, when you think about it, like, magic is very much like science in a way of like humans finding a way to like accomplish things that they're that they want to get they just find a way to get it done so like even Mm -hmm. the fact that like um you know going this is a spoiler heavy podcast but like snape makes up septum sempra and it's like i mean that's a fucked up spell i mean a bunch of other spells, but yeah and he but you know he finds a way to make what he wants happen and the weasley the weasley twins do it too and it's like and there has to be a science around like creating spells yeah Yeah, like the weasleys make spells too it's like or like um like tricks and like potions and like other they like invent more magic so it's not like it's like they find a way to channel exactly and their magical ability through something. Through something. And it's basically the idea of like technology and science and magic is we need this is something that we want to accomplish and we want to do it e- what's the easiest and like most efficient way to do it. And for mm-hmm. Arthur, it's a spell or a charm. Um, and for muggles, it's science and yeah. um, technology and figuring out, you know, how to make a computer the size of your hand. Right. Fucking awesome. <laughs> um, we so have Harry, Wi-Fi in planes. That is magic. That is. Actually planes. We fly. Yeah. In these big ass metal tubes that are heavy as shit, but they fly. Don't tell me magic ain't real. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what, is, what is an airplane if not magic? <laughs> Um, Harry heard from Hogwarts one sunny morning, one sunny morning about a week after he had arrived at the borough. Um, he and Ron went down to breakfast to find Mr. and Mrs. Weasley and Jenny already sitting at the kitchen table. The moment she saw Harry, Jenny accidentally knocked her porridge bowl to the floor with a loud clatter. Jenny seemed very prone to knocking things over whenever Harry entered a room. She dived under the table to retrieve the bowl and emerged with her face, face, Glowing like the setting sun. Real quick. Pretending. Real quick. Uh-huh. Sorry. Um, this is the part where I was saying last week when I was like, you were talking about if their relationship is um, as abrupt as you would think. And that's one of those things where this is a narrator, but it's basically Harry's thoughts and the language of her face glowing like the setting sun. It's like a right. very like poetic and it's not love by any yeah. means, but it is a type. Well, I mean, it's, not romantic love, I would say at this point, but there is this like appreciation of like her being and like 
that's right. like and a I very mean, like, poetic they do way become to... friends and so like even like order of the phoenix i felt like like you know that was around the time when jenny could actually like have a hold a conversation yeah. with him or whatever and like um and so we got to see more of like who she actually was. I mean, even and in so Prisoner we of got Azkaban, that. and even in I mean, yeah, and even a little bit. She got she gets better like incrementally, but like especially in Order of the Phoenix, I think that's when Harry notices like, oh wait, she's actually like a part of the crew. And, yeah, <laughs> and a part of it is like she has her own boyfriend or whatever, and so now she's like actually like it's able to talk around Harry and like later she talks about how she had a conversation with Hermione, blah blah blah. But um, I think I don't know. We'll, when we when we get to Half Blood Prince in like whenever we get to it, it was just I remember the moment when yeah. I think he sees her kissing Dean and then he has this like visceral reaction of and jealousy I was like, and I was just like, wait a minute, where did that come from? But I um, think too, even though I knew they were like friends and they like hung out and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, I don't know. I think though this kind of reminds me of and uh, the best way, and I've thought of this before. Like the best way I can think of like Harry's realization of how he feels about Ginny is kind of the way that um, Cher and Clueless finds out that she loves Josh, which is oh, that yeah, like that was weird. just all of these people are not. I thought like, that was weird too. Yeah but, yeah, but it is. It's just like this like aw- this awkward like well this person's not good enough for you, and like they, obviously they don't go together, and like why would Ginny even like. Ginny and Dean, that just doesn't even make sense. And then mm. also, like, but why do I care this much about this? You know what I mean? And it's right. like, it. I think it becomes, it, it comes out of nowhere because to Harry, it also comes out of nowhere, which is right. like... I mean, the other thing is he's been so infatuated with Cho, Cho. for two years after that. Yeah. Or before that, sorry. Um, that, yeah. So, so he like, doesn't realize, like, the things about Ginny that he's appreciating and stuff is different than, like how he appreciates Hermione. He, like, Mm -hmm. compartmentalizes because in his brain it's all about Cho. And, like, Cho is, like, Bay, And, which is so weird. Um, Which I even think comes out of nowhere, too. Like, why do you, like... Uh, What is it about Cho that... She's pretty. But that... He's a crush on her. But that's... It's more like, oh, I just had... It's like a... It's one of... It's more one of those, like... Like, Harry's first crush type thing, more than, like, oh, I'm in love with her. Yeah, And I think yeah. that's what we see, is when they actually start to, like, go when I, when hang, they go, try to hang out together, they realize, like, okay, we actually don't really have very much in common. <laughs> On top of, like, all the other bullshit with Umbridge and stuff. And, yeah. Okay, let's get to, like, what's happening in Chamber of Secrets, though. Okay. Because that's, like... <laughs> but, yes. Um, <laughs> pretending he hadn't noticed this, Harry sat down and took the toast that Mr... That Mrs. Weasley offered him. Which other thing, he's sweet. He like he's like embarrassed for her low key, but yeah. he's like, okay, I'm gonna just it's cool. But um, he also doesn't it goes like back into like he doesn't think of himself as anything special. So No, and so I think like he's, he's off, like, he feels awkward he about feels it. Awkward too. too, because he's like, if you actually cause to him too, it's like she likes me because I am the boy who lived, and if she knew me, she would not Right, be, especially with like her brothers making fun of her, like, oh, you you're gonna want his autograph or yeah. like all that kind of stuff. Like so yeah, yeah, but he's super sweet. So. Um. Okay. So, yeah, he is. <laughs> Mr. Weasley um passes the um letters from school. Dumbledore always already knows you're here, Harry. Doesn't miss a trick, that man. Um, a few for a few minutes there was silence as they read their letters. Harry told him to catch the Hogwarts Express as usual from King Cross King's Cross Station on September first. There was also a list of the new books he would need for the coming year. Um, can I read second them? year students will require. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> the Standard Book of Spells, Grade 2 by Miranda Goshank. Break with a Banshee by Gilderoy Lockhart. Gaddling with Ghouls by Gilderoy Lockhart. Holiday with Hags by Gilderoy Lockhart. 
Travels with Trolls by Gilderoy Lockhart, Voyages with Vampires by Gilderoy Lockhart, Wandering with Werewolves by Gilderoy Lockhart, Year with the Yeti by Gilderoy Lockhart. Shout out to the alliteration. I was going to say, also, at, the very li- at the very least, like he's not very talented except for memory charms, but he's also really good at alliteration. He's a good or, writer. or his ghostwriter is. Yeah, or his ghostwriter is. Ghost like, is yeah. But <laughs> so also, shout out to him and or his ghostwriter. Yeah, and shout out to <laughs> the professors muggle and wizard alike that will straight up make you buy all their books Bruh. Bruh. this is usually a college issue and I not a high a couple, school issue but oh yeah it's a college i had like i had a, I had a couple professors that like had me buying like their books and then one of them i bought like i had to buy three one of my professors i had to buy three of their books we only got to one and i was like so why do i have these because like, he needed those numbers he needed i don't need them he needed that paycheck like, I was just like, what are you doing with your life, bro? And, like, I kind of get it because it's, like, obviously if you're teaching, yeah, then you should, if you're teaching, then you obviously have some some authority. And if you're in college, then you've, like, written all these things. So you're an expert in your field, and that's why you're a professor and, like, all that stuff. So I get it to an extent. And I've had other professors who, like, assign articles that they've written. But it, for some reason, some about it feels real, like... It's when it's it's when there's like a, a like I think it's more when it's when bunch, it's a bunch of them a bunch of or them. when it's like a book. If it's like an article, I'm like, okay, I download that for free. It's twenty pages, cool. But if it's like a whole ass book, and now I gotta own this book, it just feels like. And it's especially too when they make you. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but this has happened to me where you have to get their book and then you get another book that is about the same topic and it's obviously like the other book is better and the like source material you're going to use and you're like you knew you mm. knew that this guy is, is better at this than you are but you still made me do this but, still, yeah. but it's also like publish or perish and I get it um but it's really funny to me that like the in and this is a weird this is another weird thing about I don't know if it's about like the wizarding school system or just like a British school system thing that we don't understand but like your book's changing every year and then I can't remember if we bought our books in high school I feel like they were given to us mm-hmm. and then you turn them in or whatever at the end yep. of the year and they were just like the school owns the was, books yeah um so the and then college is when you had to actually buy, buy them yeah and so I think like it also seems very weird too because it's like you're making these twelve year olds and like like with and my with thing the with Weasleys Gilmore Lockhart, it's like you're making families of like six or seven by how many books is this one two three it's four it's like seven books five six yeah seven books yeah and that yeah and that's what I was gonna say is like there's a there's a difference there's, that's why I'm like kind of irritated at Lockhart because I'm like so there's a difference between assigning one book and assigning seven yeah for one class. And even if you don't have six kids or how many, they have four kids going to Hogwarts now. Yeah. Or five kids. Yeah. If they, even if they don't, and they're, and she's assigning it to every, because like Fred and George have to buy it too and they're in their fourth fourth year. Yeah. So it's like they're assigning it to, to all these everyone. Years. Yeah. But even if they didn't, even if the Weasleys didn't have to buy 35 Gilderoy Lockhart books, which one, they, Fred and George should to just share. share. Yeah, I think they, they probably um, do anyway. And like, and then maybe Ginny and, Ron could maybe share. But anyway, like, if, even if not, seven books is a lot. Yes. And especially for seven, for second year, where the only other book that they need is standard book books. It's only one book that's of use. Yeah. And I mean, not to say these other books aren't of use because he did, like, take other people's adventures and so it's not like the books themselves are useless, but, like, even though he is, because the content <laughs> is correct. Yeah. But, like, 
Yeah, it's just, and then also we know that Gilderoy is like real like vain and shit, and so like obviously he's doing it to like juice his head, but it's just doing a lot. And he believes, I'm sure he believes that like these are essential books because he buys his own hype of anyone else. Like he drinks his Kool Aid more than anyone else, besides mm-hmm. probably Molly, until you know <laughs> they find out like dude ain't he's a fraud. He's a fraud. Yeah. But there is something to um, about like. Ron and Ginny can't really share because they're under different years. And so it's a different... And I don't know if it's... um, I'm sure that if they... um, I'm sure it's the same book for every year, you know, because it's not like he's writing these books geared to... That's the other thing. They're not textbooks. That's why Fred Fred looks at... Like, we see that Fred looks over at Harry's list and says, you've been told to get all Lockhart's books, too. So it's like all of the books. Not even... That's the other thing. It's not just, like, books that are geared for specific grade levels. It's like, buy all of my books. Yes, and he's not a teacher, and so this is his first year teaching, so... These books weren't written to be textbooks. They're written no. for, like, someone like Molly to they're read. Like, they're, like, right. memoirs. They're autobiographical. Yeah, they're exactly. all, like, oh, look at these, like, adventures look that I've been on. Look at what I just did. Like, yeah. yeah, and so it's not, like, standard book of spells, which is, like, teaching, and it's a textbook, mm-hmm. and, like, or defensive spells, you know, or defense against the dark arts part volume one or whatever they had to get last year. Yeah. Um, which, and also in that case are useful and like there I have a couple of books from college that I've kept because I found them useful like I have like mm-hmm. the um I mean I'm just looking at my bookshelf right now like the Harlem Renaissance Reader right I like it I kept it I have like dogma um 80 like 95 an experimental film like I like that like I kept that book and it's right. not a it is kind of a textbook. It's written It's written for academia, but it's also just, like, a good book that I also find myself, like, flipping through every once in a while because some, you know, I see something on television or whatever, and I'm like, oh, that reminds me of this, you know, technique and right. whatever. Um, and because it's something that I'm interested in, obviously interested enough in it to major in film for college, that interest hasn't gone away, and so I, I still find use for it later on. Exactly. They're not... They're 12. They're not going to yeah. be reading Traveling with Trolls just in their, free in their free time unless they're Hermione, in which case, like, she should just have that. You know what I mean? Like, you can't. Yeah. And I wonder, like, can you sell these books back at the end of the year? Because, I mean, I'm sure they have, like, a used book thing. I mean, they have secondhand books because I know. Yeah, that's like, what the Weasleys do a lot. Yeah. Like, for, like, later it says, so that lot won't come cheap, said George, um, with a quick look at his parents. Lockhart's books are really expensive. Um, which is like, why are you making them buy all these expensive ass books? Yes. Um, but also I like how, I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's also like, I don't know, like they're all, all the kids are also very aware of how, like, of cost. how much money that they have. Yeah. And like things cost, which is like good that you like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause most kids, even if their parents are like poor, don't have any like concept of money and like. Or I mean, at least and that's they're, not, they're not cognitive about, like... Yeah, cognitive about... They, they think, like, oh... I mean, like, even, like, our family... My family's like that, where you just think, like... Y'all oh, really are. Until you get to... They really are, Until you y'all. get to... Shade on I'm, their family. I'm better now because I actually... But y'all still don't like, go to the library. Pops on both our houses? Y'all still don't go to the library. That's... Okay, All these whatever. books y'all be buying. Because we actually read them. But the library is right there. All these where? books. Where? In, in Antioch? Where? Uh... Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, I know where the bookstore is in Antioch, though. Um, but no. 
I mean, I buy all my books on Amazon now anyway, so whatever. But I mean, you, until you grow up, I feel like until you grow up and you have to start like managing your own money, generally you just assume that like your parents have money for days. Even when things are tight, you like, you know, and, and you ask them for something and then it just like appears one day and you're like, oh great, without have, without you having to think about like what your parents had to and go even, through, what they had to like do in order to get that for even you. Even children that are um, cognizant of money are usually not cognizant of it to that level of like, maybe, yeah, I'm not going to ask my mom for like, you know, the clean sweep 2000 or like our Nimbus, you know, if I, I'm, right, maybe I'll exactly. ask them for, yeah, like a youth clean sweep or something because that is more, it's not a necessity. But when you get down to like, school books and stuff you're like well yeah they just need to buy those and you don't right. also you don't think of it as it's like the worst the thing that i hate the most trust tree time y'all i hate buying toilet paper i hate spending <laughs> money on like toothpaste and shit like like that stuff is not fun you know what yeah, i mean i'm not. like oh i have no money and yet like oh this new book came out like i really want to get shadow shaper but yep i need toothpaste same i need toilet paper yeah. i need dishwashing liquid food and food like, <laughs> yeah food you know what i mean and you so like that was like the thing that was most shocking to me too because i was like you know when you're young you're like oh i'm gonna get a job and i'm have all this right. money and it's even and it's even like the basic thing that's what i mean it's not even just like oh like i really want this book and like my parents will get it for me it doesn't matter it's like the stuff like you said like to- like stuff that you just take for granted because it's just always in the house yeah just you just like, don't oh, think about you know. that stuff as costing money. Yeah, and exactly. And the Weasleys do, um, mm-hmm. and the kids do, and that's kind of sad because you feel like, you know, they shouldn't be worried about that. But then it's also good because then they're very cognizant of, like, what they ask for, and, and they very appreciate they appreciate what they get um, exactly. in a way that... And when they get older, they'll be good at, like, spending money. It's not yeah. like people who, like grow up wishing they I mean like obviously they wish they had more but it's different like I don't think any of them would meet like if they got rich like Fred and George for example they're the first ones to like really make it big or whatever like they're not just gonna go ball out like yeah. all of a sudden they're not gonna be like making it rain in wizard in Weasley's wizard wheezes like they're gonna like at least like you know they buy their also, little dragon high jackets their alliteration too oh yeah for real Joe loves um, it I love like, it too if you like it I love it um, <laughs> um yeah it's like, yeah, like, they're gonna put on, you know, they get their little dragon leather jackets and then, like, you know, yeah, be frugal a little bit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Give back to their parents, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, and yeah. I do think, though, like, um, like you were saying, it's just kind of, Lockhart's books are really expensive, and Miss Weasley's like, we'll manage, um, I expect we'll be able to pick up a lot of Jenny's things secondhand, and that is more, like, her robes, her wand, and mm-hmm. those kind of things, um, and, oh, this is really cute because Harry oh, yeah. says, oh, are you starting at Hogwarts this year? Which is like, come on, Harry. Yeah, she's tw- like, yeah. I mean, but I don't think also, he really knows how old. Because she could have been 10. Yeah, that's true. She could still be 10. I can't remember when her birthday is. That is true. Um, um, she nodded, blushing to the roots of her flaming hair and put her elbow in the butter dish. Fortunately, no <laughs> one saw this except Harry because just then Ron's elder brother, Percy, walked in. He was already dressed, um, his Hogwarts prefect badge pinned to his sweater vest. Why? That, like, I mean, Percy is Percy's a level like, of not nerd. as ridiculous in this, like, in this one. Is it, like, he becomes, like, terrible in Order of the Phoenix, but, like, in this one, he's just like, what are you doing with your life? He's really, like, down. he's like, he's like, um, the, like, he would be the president of the Young Republicans or the Young 
Uh, um, yeah. conservative wizarding party or whatever. He's wearing, rocking a sweater vest, just like ready to go right. talk about his 401k and retirement plans. Like, right. he is this it's, straight dude, nerd. Straight. It's the summertime. Yeah. Like, like why, why do you, do need you to, have on your prefect badge? Why do you need the prefect badge? What do you, where does, the, did your jurisdiction even like reach to the borough? No. Like, what are you doing? No. <laughs> He's Pompous. Come Pompous on, Percy, which is what I wrote down. Oh, Morning, goodness. all. Percy said briskly, lovely day. <laughs> Hello, father. Did you see that right. thing in the Daily Prophet, top of the capital, capital. Like, what are you, Percy? <laughs> what are you? Um, yeah, Percy almost sits on Errol. Um, yeah, he's pulling. It's like it's a multi. Although he looks like a molten gray feather duster, <laughs> um, and which is what Harry thought it was until he saw it breathing. Errol um, said, "Ron taking the limp owl from Percy and extracting a letter from it under its wing. Finally, he's got." Hermione's answer. I wrote to her saying we were going to try and rescue you from the Dursleys. He carried Errol to a perch just inside the back door and tried to stand him on it, but Errol flopped straight off again, so Ron laid him on the draining board instead, muttering, pathetic. Like, poor Errol. Give Errol a break, alright? Yeah, Errol he's is tired. Real, like, he... He's exhausted. He yeah. He should. He's a real he's one. He's old. He's just y'all need to like give he's him a break. Done with. He's tired of your shit, Ron. Mm-hmm. Does Hermione really need to know that you're gonna go try to save Harry? Is it that important? Or you could just tell her Man. later. You know she's not gonna approve. Right. As we That's see with, dear Ron and Harry, if you're there, I hope everything went all right and that Harry is okay and that you didn't do anything illegal to get him out, Ron, because that would get Harry into trouble too. She doesn't even care. She's just like, straight, you can get Harry into trouble, bro. Straight, Be like, cool. y'all, you can do whatever you want, but, like, you can't just get Harry into trouble because, you yeah. know, he didn't ask for this. I've been really worried, and if Harry is all right, will you please let me know at once? But perhaps it would be better if you used a different owl because I think that another delivery might finish your your one off. Yeah, give Errol a... My, hashtag, give Errol a break. Like... Hashtag let give let like, Errol, Errol needs a vacation. Let like, Errol yeah. Er, hashtag Arrow needs a vacation. Yeah. Um. Finish yeah. your one off. Is that right? It sounds it reads weird, but. I mean, well, it's not our. It's not the way that we would say. say. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then I'm very busy with schoolwork, of course. How can she be? Said Ron in horror. We're on vacation, and we've. And we're going to London next Wednesday to buy my new books. Why don't we meet in Diagon Alley? Let me know what's happening as soon as you can. Love from Hermione. Hermione and Percy should have gotten together, low-key. No. Someone write that fanfic, please. Please don't. That's gross. I don't like Like that. holding hands while talking about like the intricacies. I mean, can of we talk about Matilda how he's Hosker? sixteen and she's twelve right now? Well, right like, now. Maybe if it was like ten years from now, then okay. Yeah, I'm not talking about but, like, like I'm just talking about in the but future. But also, like, no, they're, I think that, Opposites actually don't, they're similar only in that they really, like, you know, want to do well, and they're, like, but, but they're not the same, and they don't really, like, fit in the way that, like, Hermione and Ron do, even though Hermione and Ron are, like, different. I understand that, There's, but like, I just want to, I just want, I want to, like, hear about them hanging out and talking about, like, you know, question number they're 4 They're just, like, friends. And That's cool. Yeah, they can be they friends. Can be friends. We, I would like to see more if of If they want. Sounds like Aminata. <laughs> if they want we to We're be. being friends if you want to. <laughs> um, okay. So they decide they're going, that they're going to go on Wednesday, like Hermione said. 
Um, Harry, Ron, Fred, and George go to a small paddock that the Weasley the Weasleys own. So they own a lot of land, even though yeah. they don't have like money. I I, um, I noticed I mean, that too. Yeah. Um, so it's surrounded by trees and blocked it from the view of the village below, meaning that they could practice Quidditch there as long as they didn't fly too high. Um, so they, like, throw apples for each other to catch. They took turns riding Harry's Nimbus 2000, which was easily the best broom. Ron's old shooting star was often outstripped by passing butterflies. I'm like, how slow? Like, I'm assuming that just means the charm is worn off and not that Quidditch was the slowest game ever back in the day. Like, No, I just think that the charm is, like... (laughs) weren't it's weren't yeah it's off. been a minute um so um, the other thing i was thinking about is they don't talk about it but like how great would it be if they had known luna and they like luna was able to like come over and play quidditch too. i know because they're like right around yeah the she's just Man. like wanting friends opportunities she's just like sitting in her room like well she's like jenny's and... age so like she can go play with jenny but still yeah i know i'm just saying like but yeah i just saying like opportunities yeah yeah so. okay but let's continue on um Five minutes, yeah, so later, they, five minutes later, they um, were marching up the hill, broomsticks over their shoulders. They had asked Percy if he wanted to join them, but he had said he was busy. Harry had only seen... Wink, wink, nudge, yeah, nudge. Harry had only seen Percy at mealtime so far. He stayed shut in his room the rest of the time. Um, I think that's really... I'm saying that's weird. It's, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, but I also <laughs> think, though, it's like really funny because Fred like says, I wish I knew what he was um, up to. He's not himself. And... To the Weasleys, they're like, or at least to Fred, the twins, they're like, he's got to be up to something, right? Like, why else would you be shut up? Because to them, they're always like, yeah. I mean, it's that, and I think it's also the fact that like Percy's always around, like, you know, being pompous and like shoving his yeah. accomplishments into everyone's faces, and like, and I think, but I also think it's like part of them being a little bit worried. Yeah, it's, like you see the twins as much as like they don't agree with um Percy and you know and like later when Percy disowns him they're the ones who take it the hardest mm-hmm. I think because um, I, th- I think it's too like, like they like to they like to rib on him they like to like make fun of him but they really love Percy and they, they love yeah, exactly they're proud of his accomplishments as much as like the way that he goes about it is annoying to them they're still very proud of him and I think that they um are cognizant that he is different from them but they go out of their, I don't even know if they go out of their way, but they, they make conscious efforts for him to feel like a part of the family. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe he would rather like study than play Quidditch or maybe, you know, like he, they, he has different um, uh, values or different priorities, I guess you would say. Like his priority is yeah. more about like studying and doing very well and um theirs is more about having fun and like you know he likes to work hard and they like to figure out ways to not work as hard but they still you know value they have the same values and things um so i think it's it's true like they the 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 twins take it the hardest and they're very close to percy um even though they're very different from percy Mm mm-hmm um, yeah, so Fred goes, uh, I w- wish I knew what he was up to. He's not himself. His exam results came the day before you did. 12 OWLs and he hardly gloated at all. Ordinary wizarding levels, George explained. Bill got 12 too. If we're not careful, we'll have another head boy in the family. I don't think I could stand the shame. <laughs> They're so uh, adorable. They're adorable. Um, um so then, then we'll just skip that because that's like talking about Bill and Charlie. We know who they are and what they Bay do. Bay and Bay. Um, Bay and Bay Jr. Okay. <laughs> Um, 
don't know how mom and dad are gonna um are going to afford all of our school stuff this year five sets of Lockhart's books and Jenny needs robes and a wand and everything um Harry said nothing he felt a bit awkward stored in an underground vault at, at Gringotts in London was a small fortune that his parents had left him of course it was only in the wizarding world that he had money you couldn't use galleons sickles and nuts in muggle shops he had never mentioned his Gringotts bank account to the Dursleys he didn't think their horror of anything connected with magic would stretch to a large pile of gold they should be in jail they should pretty much um really quickly before we like I just want to mention before we get to the next part that like the parallels with the Sorcerer's Stone mm-hmm. super like evident in like all of this but it's like kind of the same like the Dursleys are horrible somebody magic comes and rescues Harry he like sees a new magical world and then this is like the this is like his you know Diagon Alley but it's like in a different way yeah. that he appears there and like also actually also the first one he sees is um is Draco again yeah that's crazy. I just know. I just said that. Mm-hmm. I just thought that. But um. So yeah. um, they get back to, uh, or Miss Weasley woke them up all the following Wednesday after a quick half a dozen bacon sandwiches each. I'm like, damn. They're eating. I wonder if they, they have are, pigs, like, man. Shit. Cause you know, like I mean, I guess they're growing boys yeah. or something, but like, but again, like they have like like I think food is probably the easiest thing for them to get because they have all of this. Um, land and yeah yeah i kind of like to think that they have like farm like you know like and you see that a lot with big families too like they have gardens and they have things like that just because it's cheaper um Mm. and more economical and because like the problem too with um like grocery shopping for all these kids and stuff is that you have to buy these like you have to buy in bulk and all this stuff but a lot of food goes wizarding costco yeah oh that'd be great but yeah but also like a lot of food goes to waste because like if you have to buy you know, four heads of cabbage to feed all these kids, like, some of that cabbage is going to go bad before, you know, like, you need that amount, but there's still going to be this amount that goes to waste, and when you have gardens and things, you don't have that problem because they just stay in the ground. Um, You don't have to buy, you know, like, four packages when you only really need three and a quarter packages or something like that. So, um, that's neither here nor there, but I think it's interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Mrs. Weasley takes a flower pot off of the kitchen mantelpiece and peers inside. We're running low, Arthur. We'll have to buy some more today. Um, ah, well, guess first. After you, Harry, dear. She offers him the flower pot. What am I supposed to do? He's never traveled by flu powder. Sorry, Harry, I forgot. Never, said Mr. Weasley. But how did you get to Diagon Alley to buy your school things last year? I went on the underground. Really, said Mr. Weasley eagerly. Were there escapaders? Um. How exactly... I love escalators. I'm going to start calling them escapators. Escapators? That sounds like something that I don't that even know if he's talking say. about escalators or elevators, but I'm going to call them escapators. Yeah, I think Go it's a little them. like he's conflating me, putting them two together. Um, yeah. I will say, though, it sounds like something Ami would say. And if... I'm going up the escapator. <laughs> let's go up the escapator. Um, I mean, except she says escalator because she doesn't know how to say an L. She's working on that. She's working on it. She's, I, I love it. Um, but yeah, and also, like, thank God it's the London Underground and not, like, the... Uh, San Francisco underground because all those escapaders would be full of human garbage. And yeah. Excrement. But yeah. So not now, Arthur, said Mrs. Weasley. She is so over him. She's like, <laughs> w- 
she knows exactly where this is going and she's like I mean I love how I love how Mr. Weasley like again like we're talking about how how, like Mrs. Weasley treats Harry it's not because of who he is is like Mm -hmm. Harry Potter the boy who lived and he's more excited about him because he's lived in the muggle world muggle world and less because of like his like past yeah Voldemort, which I actually think is like hilarious. And Loki, like he's he's infatuated with him in like a totally different yeah. way, and that's like really funny. But Loki, this like little tet a tet reminds me so much of your dad, and your dad gets excited for things, and then like everyone else is just like rolling their eyes, like here we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, oh, word. I got I got questions and answers and issues and thoughts and feelings, and everyone is like, Dad, right. we don't have the time. Like, <laughs> that's like a, totally what it reminds me of. Like, that's so funny. Escapade, he might be like, Have you had any holleration in this dancery? Which oh, is man. something that Bayana's dad. Holleration. Like, he's really into holleration. Yeah, he really wants us to. In the dancery. He really wants Bayana and I to think about holleration. Um, in and out of the dancery, really. Uh, yeah. But every time he gets really excited about these things, people around are like, not now. <laughs> we. He's like, be cool, fam. Be cool. Um, um, so, Mrs. Okay. Weasley explains so, flu powder. You have to, you know, speak very clearly and be sure to get out at the right grate. Harry's like, the what? Um, you right. know, there's. Um, well, Fred and George go first. Um, and then, yeah. So they um, take a pitch of glittering powder out of the flower pot, step into the fire, throw the powder into the flames, and then with the roar, the fire turns emerald green, and Fred shouts Diagon Alley and vanishes. Two things. Mm-hmm. I feel like you should throw the flu powder, let the flames turn green, and then step into the fire, because otherwise you're just standing in hot fire. Yeah. Oh, no, he stepped up to the fire, not into the oh, fire. Oh, stepped up to the fire. Okay, yeah, no, but that is a good distinction. Because <laughs> I read it like, wrong. Damn. Okay, so yeah, so, okay, my bad. I don't get a good reader sticker, but I was like, so he's just standing in hot fire until it turns green. That seems like yeah. a bad plan. So I will take away plan. great plan number four. That was my... We're still on three. Yeah, but I was going to... Um, I called that great plan number four, but that's... No, I know, that's what I'm misreading. saying, yeah. So, yeah. Um... Okay, so, yeah, so, um, he'll be fine, Molly, don't fuss. But, dear, if he got lost, how do we ever explain to his aunt and uncle? They wouldn't mind, Harry reassured her. Dudley would think it was a brilliant joke if I got lost up a chimney. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um. I like the well dot yeah. dot dot, like, Molly's like. She's just like. I'm gonna let that go. All right. Um, yeah. She's like, all right, you go after Arthur. Now, when you get into the fire, say what you're, say where you're going and keep your elbows tucked in and your eyes shut. The soot, don't fidget or you might as well, fa- or you might well fall out of the wrong fireplace, but don't panic and get out too early. Wait until you see Fred and George. So it's just like a lot, a lot of information at one yeah. time and a lot. Yeah. Um, so Harry steps in, he opens his mouth and immediately swallows a lot of hot ash. Um, D- Diagon Alley, he coughs. Um, um, real quick, I like that this makes a lot more sense than Diagon Alley, like he does in the book right. or in the movie. And, Diagon Alley. Yeah, and, and you're just, just like, like, but why? Um, so if they would have at least shown. Yeah, like, this is more like he's nervous, but he also like, is like, he's inhaling, like, flames like in he's his, not used like, to like inhaling, yeah, ash into his throat and stuff. It's like the. First time you, you know, partake in some sticky icky or whatever. I've heard. I don't know. Other activities? Yeah. 
This is a children's book. I'm saying I've heard. <laughs> so I've been told. I know. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Haven't done anything. No. Whatever. No. So, <laughs> that is illegal. Um, okay. So, yeah, it felt as though he was being sucked down a giant drain. Um, he seemed to be spinning very fast. Um, so, yeah, so he's just like, there's a lot happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's very similar. Like, they really, like, don't have, like, comfortable ways of traveling in the wizarding world. They really don't, because if you think about like flu powder, port keys are, apparition, are not comfortable. Port keys. No, like, I'm, Harry's like, man, can we just get in the car? Right? Like, like, underground like, work. Y'all, be, like, y'all could just drive. You got a car. You could, he doesn't have to fly. Yeah, you can drive I can drive us uh, if you, like, road, yeah, if, if flying on, is an issue. Um, and don't they yeah. actually fly, um, or drive, like, next year when they're worried about the notorious mass yeah. murder. They, uh, well, they, no, 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 they no, no. drive to Hogwarts. Goblet of Fire. Oh, yeah. And they drive to of Fire. King's Cross. They don't go to... Yeah. But still, they could just drive. Um, yeah, they could. Um, okay, so... Sorry, now I just started wondering... Now I just started realizing that... Oh, no, never mind. We're good. Never mind. I was thinking about the movie, and I was like, were they driving on the right side? I know, time, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, wanted, I asked myself, what would you do if you had more time? I wanted to just show you that without... I know, but I just had, like, a Hamilton I know. Moment. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so, anyway, um, he falls face forward onto cold stone and felt the bridge of his glasses snap. Poor guy. Um, yeah. Um, dizzy and bruised, bruised, covered in soot, he got gingerly to his feet, holding his broken glasses up to his eyes. He was quite alone, but where he was, he had no idea. All he could tell was that he had, was standing in a, in a stone fireplace of what looked like a large, dimly lit wizard shop, but nothing in here was ever likely to be on a Hogwarts school list. Um, a glass case nearby held a withered hand on a cushion, a bloodstained pack of cards, and a staring glass eye. Um, evil-looking masks stared down from the walls, an assortment of human bones lay up on the counter. So he's just, like, in a terrible place. He's like, what um, is this? What the what is this? Even worse, the dark, narrow street Harry could see through the dusty shop window was definitely not Diagon Alley. Um, so he's trying to like. Dip he's like the sooner he gets out of here, the better. The better, um, yeah. Um, but before he gets halfway to the door, two people appear on the other side of the glass, and one of them was the very last person Harry wanted to meet when he was lost, covered in soot, and wearing broken glasses. Draco Malfoy. Hercules Mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> Not Hercules Mulligan. Draco Malfoy! Um, um. <laughs> um, Harry looked quickly around and spotted a large black cabinet. Ooh. Ooh foreshadowing. Um, to his left, he shot inside it and pulled the doors closed, leaving a small crack to peer through. Spoiler, um, seconds- uh, the cabinet will appear later in the series. I know, we were trying to be like real oh, like... Sorry. Slick about I'm not it. slick. Because there's a couple moments. There's a couple What about me too. has ever said slick? Nothing, nothing. I'm letting you know now because, like, two more times it's going to come up. And I'm going to just say, ooh, and then we're just going to leave it at that. Okay. I got it. Possibly. We'll see. Um, okay, so the man who followed could only be Draco's father. He had the same pale pointed face and identical cold gray eyes. Mr. Malfoy crossed the shop, looked lazily at the items on display, and rang a bell on the counter before turning to his son and saying, touch nothing, Draco. Real quick, real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Same cold gray eyes. Mr. Malfoy is Bay. Mr. Malbay. Lucius, luscious Lucius. Malfoy, who was who had reached for the glass eye, said, "I thought you were going to buy me a present. 
I said I would buy you a racing broom, said his father, drumming his fingers on the counter. Really quickly, I want to talk about Dursley's versus Malfoy's. Okay. Yay, Dursley's versus Malfoy's. One day we're going to get, like, music and we're going to be like, Really quickly. This is what we're talking about. Bum, bum, bum. Super, like, stuff, cool things. And then, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, whatever. So... I think that it's really interesting, like, comparing... We kind of compared Dudley and Malfoy. We've done it before, and, like, the book has. But I think it's also interesting, like, looking at their parenting and, like, how that's different. Um, where it's, like, Vernon pretty much doesn't expect anything of Dudley and just lets him do whatever he wants. And it's just, like, whatever. Anything, Dudley can do no wrong. Whereas, like, with Malfoy, he has to be really cognizant of, like, impressing his father and, like... Listen, you know, well, he's still being obedient to his father and listening, his and his father has like high expectations for yes. him, whereas like Vernon has none. Um, or and it's like I don't know if it's that Vernon has no it's expectations, not no but expectations, but they're, they're very so low. low. Yeah, so that yeah. everything is impressive, and whatever Dudley does exactly. is the right thing. Um, I do think um, on the same on the other side, like that's very good. It's good to have high expectations of your son. It's good that like we'll see like Lush, uh, Mr. Malfoy, Luscious Lucius, is not happy with. <laughs> the grades that Draco gets, and that's great, right? It's, it's but it's the, just the fact that, like, it's the, it's the bigotry. Yeah, the bigotry that comes along with so, it, like, as opposed to, exactly. like, well, you know, if it's not about favorites, or if Hermione is the favorite, well, then maybe you should work better at be If it is about favorites, you should you need to be the, the favorite. So you need to work exactly. harder. Instead and of it being, saying, like, like I would be appalled and ashamed that this half, this, this mudblood is... Exactly, you know, which you're gonna see. So it's like... Yeah, so it's just, like, a di- it's just a different way of... Pay- like, Draco is still, like, a spoiled brat, but a part of that is his being ridiculously wealthy. And, uh, yeah, and then um, the only child. And then an only yeah. child, exactly, versus it being, like, Dudley, where, like, you know, they're a pretty, like, solidly, like, middle-class household, like, whatever. But again, it's, like, just the parenting is different, and, like, both kids are, like, not great people <laughs> at this point. Um... But, like, the way... It's not like they're exactly the same. It's not like well, I, I Malfoy's think too, like, oh, I'll get you this hand, and then I'll also get you a broomstick. He's like, no, I told you I'll get you a broomstick. That's what I'm getting you. Yeah. And that's and it. And you don't like, need... We're not, you we're need not this having hand. this. Yeah. Why do you even need the hand? Like, what so, do you do with your um, So, yeah. What's the good of that if I'm not on the house team set Malfoy? And we can also just talk about right now, this is, like, Draco is so salty and so jealous, mm-hmm. and it comes out... He is, like, full of sodium chloride. So, just filled with it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this is like, and this goes back to the parenting thing too, like how Lucius like reacts to this instead of being like, you know, being, you're being jealous and therefore putting other people down when you shouldn't, you need to be pulling yourself up. It doesn't, it right. doesn't come across like that. It's like, you should be, um, he doesn't say like you're making excuses for you. Well, just read it yeah, first. Okay, so, <laughs> um, what good is it if I'm not on the house team? Harry Potter got Nimbus 2000 last year, special permission from Dumbledore so he could play for Gryffindor. He's not even that good. It's just because he's famous. Famous for having a stupid scar on his forehead. Um, Malfoy bent down to examine a shelf full of skulls. Everyone thinks he's so smart. Wonderful Potter with his scar and his broomstick. Um, Mr. Malfoy, you've told me this at least a dozen times, and I would remind you that it is not prudent to appear less than fond of Harry Potter, not when most of our kind regard him as the hero who made the Dark Lord disappear. Ah, Mr. Forgan. But I do so, think, um, and then I'll let you go. I think that this is, mm-hmm. like, interesting because he's he's annoyed that, like, 
Draco keeps bringing it up. Um, and he's also annoyed that how Draco brings it up makes it leaves them open for ridicule or for people to be like, oh, what's up with them not liking Harry Potter? You know what I mean? Like, why has he got issues against Harry? But he's not mm-hmm. saying, like, being jealous of Harry does no good. You need to think about how you can get on a Quidditch team or what you need to right. do. Like, don't be so worried about what he has. Um, be worried about what you need to get, which I think yeah. is a good parenting skill. He lets... He... He accepts Draco's excuses without saying, like, stop making excuses. Right. And then I think the other thing is, like, we show it, it we immediately are, sh- are shown how, like, the Malfoys are opportunistic. Yes. And, like, we see Malfoy, or we see Lucius teaching Draco um, this. Like, you shouldn't, like, don't talk bad about Harry in front of people because, you know, we, and especially, you know, he says the Dark Lord. So, clearly he's been a, he's a follower and people know that he's a follower, or at least suspected. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so it's just like you, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, about it's a different way of teaching someone yeah. versus like if Dudley had been complaining all about Harry and all this stuff, Petunia would be, and Vernon would be like, oh, you know, it's okay, Diddly, we'll like get you a new present or something. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're like trying to tamper his, um, like antagonism down versus, or, you know, like trying to make him like not get upset. Um, whereas like. Lucius is, like, low-key, like, bored with this conversation. <laughs> like, yeah. really? You're complaining about Harry again, bro? Like, come on now. So it's just a different, and it's, like, again, they're, it's not, I mean, one's not better than the other because it's still antagonistic, and, like, and Draco obviously cares about what his father thinks, and so he's teaching him bad things in a different way. Yeah, definitely. And I also think that, that um, he's... More by, like, what he says, and he's, like, and it's more intentional, than the Dursleys, I think. I think the Dursleys are more just like by what they do and how they act. And they're very. Re- versus... I think that I also think that the Dursleys are very reactionary. They let right. Dudley determine the tone of their day. They let you know his temper and his moods um, shift how everything works. You know, it was like the you know they could see him about to have a temper tantrum. They're all like, "Oh my god, what do we do?" Right. And they're like, "Okay, okay, um, now what do we do?" And yeah. with Lucius, it's not that at all. Like, he's not... He doesn't give a fuck about, like... Yeah. Draco's temper tantrums. It's more about, like... Like, I couldn't even see Draco throwing a temper tantrum. Yeah, like, it wouldn't be... It wouldn't be taken well um, at all. No. But I think... Also, he's... He... And that is, I think, good parenting, but I... Or... The the values that he's instilling him are are not good. But the... um, Like... The fact that, like, he, is, he does not suffer fools and he doesn't suffer temper tantrums lightly, that is good. Uh, I think, though, the, the problem that I have is that he doesn't push back on, like, that is an excuse and you're blaming someone right. else else's success for your failures, which is not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, okay. So, Mr. Borgen appears. Um, Malfoy tells him that he's not buying today, he's selling. Um, because the ministry is conducting more raids and he has a few items at home that might embarrass him if the ministry were to call. Um, so, yeah, and so... Mr. Gorgon says, the ministry wouldn't presume to trouble you, sir, surely. And Mr. Malfoy's like, the name Malfoy still commands a certain respect. Yet, the ministry grows even more meddlesome. There are rumors about a new Muggle Protection Act. No doubt that flea-bitten, muggle-loving fool Arthur Weasley is behind it. 
Um, um, and Harry feels a surge of anger, which is like he's has he's only been with them a week, and he's like, nah, fam. Yeah. But also, actually, never mind. I do cool. want to say though that um, this also though does show that like. Um, Molly mentions, like, you made that loophole in the law, and then this, like, Muggle Protection Act is being, um, is, you know, Arthur's behind it. So he is influential. It's just that what yeah. he, he's not respected for it. It's like the person mm-hmm. that runs, you know, like, I'm thinking of, like, the Muggle equivalent, like, the Education Committee or something like that. It's like, we don't put value on education, but that doesn't mean that, like, the person that runs that doesn't have power and influence in something that actually really does matter. It's just that mm-hmm. we don't like we don't value education, so we don't pay our teachers anything. And it's not right. like the sexy committee to be on, you know, or like whatever. But it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it is not it does not have value and it can't, you know, so like Arthur is a very good um it kind of sets up this like antagonism and like this like Arthur is kind of like Malfoy's foil and we'll see it again when Harry tells the Weasley's about this interaction um just because Arthur doesn't get paid what um people in other and other ministry departments get paid and he doesn't um get the respect that comes from being a ministry employee you know like even his kids are like oh he's in the most boring office it doesn't mean that he doesn't have a lot of pull and a lot of influence same thing it's kind of similar to the whole just because Dumbledore thinks that being had master of hogwarts is not a position of power doesn't mean that it it isn't isn't yeah yeah exactly um so he says can i have that interrupts draco pointing at the withered hand on a cushion um ah the hand of glory Ooh. um (laughs) insert a candle and it gives light only to the holder best friend of thieves and plunderers your son has fine taste sir I hope my son will amount to more than a thief or a plunderer, uh, Borgen. So, and Mr. Borgen's like, quickly, no offense, sir, no offense meant. Though if his grades don't pick up, that may indeed be all he is fit for. It's, it's not my fault. Uh, 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 sorry. It's not my fault, retorted Draco. The teachers have all, all have favorites. That Hermione Granger. Um, I would have thought you'd be ashamed that a girl of no wizard family beat you in every exam. Just misogyny and uh, bigotry. Muggles. What do you? How do you? What is it? What is it called? If you're like bigoted against muggles, blood. That's like a, I don't and think there's the, like a muggleist. <laughs> muggle, anti-muggle, bigotry, yeah, anti-muggle, whatever. Sentiment. Yeah, um, anti-muggle misogyny. Yes. yes. Look at me it's making up. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, if you would like to enroll in class uh, anti-muggle misogyny being taught by Professor Bayana Davis. I got your back. <laughs> she just gave um, you the thumbs up like you could see it. Thumbs up like Joe Biden. <laughs> Finger guns. Um, okay. Um, it's the same all over, said Mr. Borgen. Wizard blood is counting for less everywhere. Not with me, said Mr. Malfoy. No, sir. Nor with me, sir. Um, so they go through the list. They, they haggle. Um, Draco drew, ne- drew nearer and nearer to his hiding place, to Harry's hiding place, examining the objects for sale. Draco paused to examine a long coil of hangman's rope and to read, uh, and to read smirking the card propped on a magnificent necklace of opals. Ooh. <laughs> Caution, do not touch. Cursed has claimed the lives of 19 muggle owners to date. Um, just lots of half-blood prints foreshadowing here and I love it. <laughs> Loving it. Um, 
So Harry turned away and saw the cabinet right in front of him. He walked forward. He stretched his hand out for the handle. Done, said Mr. Malfoy. Come, Draco. Harry wiped his forehead on his sleeve as Draco turned away. That would have been so awkward. Right? Um, <laughs> hi. Hi. <laughs> what are you doing here? Um, so, funny story. Oh. Um, so, the moment the door had closed and the Malfoys leave, Mr. Borgen dropped his oily manner. Good day yourself, Mr. Malfoy. And if the stories are true, you haven't sold me half of what's hidden in your manner. So, Ms. Borgen is just, like, one of those dudes who, like, he's, he's a kiss-ass. He's a businessman. So, he can't be, like, being yeah. rude to his customers always right. Nah. But, but afterwards, he's like, nah, bro, you hella your Yeah. You should just sell me all your stuff. I, I, I know, know what you got. Yes. Uh-huh. So, um, after Mr. Borgen disappears into the back room, Harry um, slips out and leaves the... Um, the shop. Borgen and Burks. Um, Bergen and, yeah, Borgen and Burks, if you didn't know already. <laughs> um, he has emerged into, he, he had emerged into a dingy alleyway that seemed to be made up entirely of shops devoted to the dark arts. Um, so he's just like hella crazy, like dark arts type shit around. Um, feeling jumpy, Harry set off trying to hold his glasses straight and hoping against hope he'd be able to find his way out of there. Um, and he, an old wooden sign hanging over a shop and selling poisonous candles, told him he was in Nocturne Alley. Which, guys, um, I just I just now got it. Nocturnal. Nocturnally. Nocturnally. Nocturne Alley. Get it? Do you get it? Mm-hmm. Good, like, because it's job. dark. It's in Nocturne. It's in the night. It's in the dark. Um, I think you guys got it. Good yeah. job. Um, so... He supposed he hadn't spoken clearly enough through his mouthful of ashes back at the Weasley's fire. Trying to stay calm, he wondered what to do. Um, not lost, are you, my dear? Um, so there's an aged witch holding a tray of what looked like human fingernails, um, which is gross. Um, I'm fine, thanks. Harry, what do you think you're doing down here? Shout out to Hagrid for being clutch. Right? Shout out to you. Um, Hagrid, I was... So, um, Harry's... Heart leapt, so did the witch. A, a load of fingernails cascaded down her over her feet, and she cursed as the massive form of Hagrid, the Hogwarts gamekeeper, came striding towards them, beetle black eyes flashing over his great bristling beard. Aww. Um, Hagrid, I was lost. Flu powder. So Hagrid like sne- seizes Harry and pulls him away from the witch. I just want to point out that um, he seizes Harry by the scruff of the neck because Hagrid deals with like magical creatures, and it was like a very right. like mother or dog. Just like, come like, on, come on, boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So go ahead. Um, and they turns along the alleyway out into the bright sunlight. Um, Harry saw a familiar snow white marble building in the distance, Gringotts Bank. Um, we're kind of short for time, but the, the imagery, the dark and light don't really mess with it, but we'll just let it slide for now. <laughs> um, cause it's already written and it was written like 20 years ago. Yeah. So what am I going to do? <laughs> 15. No. Whoa. When was this published? A while ago. Holy shit. Hold up. Hey. All the people yeah, who almost said that. Soft, okay, ninety nine. So seventeen hey. years ago. We go knock it to the wheels. Hey, that's when I started. I went to college. I mean, high school. That's when Icky was born. Suck, Icky. <laughs> <sighs> You're so mean to her. I love her so much. Last episode, you were mad because it was her and not I love Ica- I love Akira so much. But Akira okay. also says things like, I've been down since Tupac died. And then my brain is like, you weren't even born when Tupac died. She wasn't. You ain't never lived life with Tupac. Nope. She's so young. 
That's so sad. <laughs> Never lived life with Tupac. Anyway. That's horrible. Anyway. Um, okay. So, um, you're a mess, said Hagrid, skulking around Nocturne Alley. I don't know. Dodgy place, Harry. Don't want no one to see you down there. I realized that. I told you I was lost. What were you doing down there anyway? I was looking for flesh-eating slug repellent, growled Hagrid. They're ruining the school cabbages. You're not on your um, own. I'm staying with the Weasleys. So then the Weasleys come. They find him. Um, Ron's like, or Mr. Weasley says, Harry, we hoped you'd only gone one great too far. Molly's frantic. She's coming now. Where did you come out? Ron asked. Nocturne Alley, Hagrid said grimly. Excellent, said Fred and George together. You've never been allowed in, said Ron enviously. These kids just <laughs> want to get in trouble. Yeah, pretty much. Just looking for trouble. Um, I should ready well think not, growled Hagrid. Um, so Mrs. Weasley and Ginny hurry over. Um, oh, Harry, oh my dear, you could have been anywhere. Um, she pulls out a large clothes brush out of her bag and began sweeping off the soot Hagrid hadn't managed to beat out. Mr. Weasley took Harry's glasses, gave him a tap of his wand, and returned them good as new. Yeah, not Hermione, because Hermione, Hermione's not allowed to use magic outside of Hogwarts. Yes. Silly. And she didn't get um, any kind of warning, even though Harry had just gotten But they're in warning. Diagon Alley, because the, the thing is, it's a little bit different, because they're in a place where a there's like, a lot of magic, magic happening, and we can tell that like the Ministry don't know how to pinpoint who's actually doing the magic, yeah. because they're incompetent, but whatever. Um. Um, so Hagrid leaves, um, says, see you at Hogwarts. Um, and then Harry tells Ron and Hermione that she saw that they that he saw Malfoy and his father um, in Nocturne Alley. Um, Did Lucius Malfoy buy anything? Said Mister Weasley. No, he was selling. So he was worried. Oh, I'd love to get Lucius Malfoy for something. Um, and he um, says this with a grim satisfaction. You be careful, mm-hmm. Arthur. Arthur, that family's trouble. Don't go biting off more than you can chew. Says Mrs. Weasley. And. Um, Arthur says, so you don't think I'm a match for Lucius Malfoy indignantly. So you can already, like, they're setting up that there is, um, these are two... Antagonism between Yeah, the and two. these are two old wizarding families, so, um, there are a lot of, um, they're, they're basically the opposites of each other in a lot of ways. Good versus, or Death Eaters versus Order members, um... Yeah. Rich versus, versus poor, poor. Um, influential like, versus not really, or... Respected versus not respected, I guess you would yeah. say. Anti-muggle versus blood traitor. Yeah, so. In quotes, blood in traitor. In quotes, yeah. Um, but he was distracted almost at once by the sight of Hermione's parents, who were standing nervously at the counter that ran along the great marble hall. Um, wearing green gauze, by the way, waiting for Hermione to introduce them. But you're muggles, said Mr. <laughs> Weezy delightedly. We must buy you a drink. What's that you've got there? Oh, you're changing muggle money. Molly, Molly look. Um, which made me think, like, Hermione's never been in the vault. Like, the yeah. first time she ever goes in the vault is when they go down to the dragon, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, because she doesn't, she doesn't crazy. really have to do that. She doesn't unless, have a vault because she's not, like, an old wizard. Yeah, family. unless she, like, opens... Or a wizarding family at Opens all. an account. Yeah, um, she can. I mean, she could just, yeah. Starts to... But they, I mean, they sh- I wonder what money. families do when it's, like... Because the Weasleys have a vault. Do they just, like, keep their money all together? Yeah. Like, when you have a joint like, account. Or, like, the Potters... Yeah, but I mean, like, forever. Oh, you mean, like, that's, no, I think it's, like, family Like, when they family. go on their way, that's what I'm saying, because there's, like, a Lestrange vault, there's a Black vault, there's a vault, there's a Potter vault, there's a... But I don't think it's, like, a Potter... So I don't think it's, like, a Weasley vault. I think it's Arthur... But the money gets passed down, so then I'm wondering that happens if it's, like, also they keep it wills, together. Because they, they talk about wills, oh, yeah, that's true. you know what I mean? So it probably, like, magically yeah. just, like, gets deposited into your new vault, you know what I mean? 
Um, but I know that, like, the oldest wizarding families have vaults that are, like, super deep down and are, like, extra protected. So that's why I was... Yeah, I think that that probably deals more with what's in the vault and how you choose to do that to, like, familial, like, things. Because, you know, like... Right. um, Bellatrix keeps more than just gold in the vault. You know what I mean? So, like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there is, like, a Weasley vault that has, like, family heirlooms and stuff in there. But in terms of, like, day-to-day money and stuff... Just regular money. Yeah. I think of it more as, like, a bank account, which is kind of weird, too, Mm -hmm. that, like, you have to go, like, withdraw your money from your vault very... It seems very not, um... Efficient. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing about, like, the magical world is they just do things... Some things that they do are, like, not efficient at all. Like, the fact that they don't use pens. Yeah. They use quills. I'm like, but you have magic. You just use a regular-ass pen. Well, they have so the, just, like, like, always... What is it called? Like, the, the quill... Like, the ink um, is always refreshing itself. You know what I mean? So they have these, yeah. like... But they still yeah, have to, dip, like, dip. And, and, yeah. and, and, and then it's, so it's just a different... It's also one of those things, too, where it's, like, it's because of... Like, you know, they probably just do it because yeah. it's how it's been done. That's what they do. Um, exactly. Um, so they go down to the vault. Um, Harry enjoyed the breakneck journey down to the Weasley's vault, but fe- felt dreadful, far worse than he had in Nocturne Alley when it was opened. There was a very small pile of silver sickles inside and just one gold galleon. Mrs. Weasley felt right into the corners before sweeping the whole lot into her bag. Harry felt even worse when they reached his vault. He tried to block the contents from view as he hastily shoveled handfuls of coins into a leather bag. Um, I'm really glad we didn't get to see, like, Ron's reaction to that because that would have just been horrible. Yeah. And it's like, again, it's like the privilege thing. And, like, so this is, like, one of those moments where it's, like, very clear, like, in this moment, Harry has the privilege because he can just, like, grab some handfuls of coins and he's good. And they're like, okay, so... This is everything. We have some... Uh, yeah, this is all we yeah, have. Yeah, until payday. But I think, yeah. too, that's something that, like, Harry immediately feels self-conscious about. And it's one mm-hmm. of those um, weird things because we... Especially in social justice and stuff like that, you'll see all the time people have a lot of... People have a hard time acknowledging their privilege. Harry doesn't really yeah. have that, at least in this... Um, instance of like money because also to Harry he doesn't he wasn't raised in the privilege it doesn't you know he's still very self-conscious about it it's like if someone like automatically won oh time out hi go away Ami hi Ami Robin said hi we can't hear her because I have my headphones in but you can say hi you can say it too you want to say hi to everybody listening Say hi, everybody listening. Hi. I'm coming too. You're coming where? My mom's gonna come too. To see, to look, to talk about Harry Potter. Yeah. Yes, I'm coming too. What do you like about Harry Potter? Uh, something. Like what? Here, come sit with me. Like the flying car, the flying motorcycle. Do you like the flying motorcycle? Oh yes. What kind of flying motorcycle? Who has a flying motorcycle? Hagrid. Hagrid, yeah. And what else do you like about Harry Potter? You thinking? No. No, you're not thinking? (laughs) Yes. My mom said I'm coming. Yes, you're coming. Yeah, you're coming. You're going to rock. We're going to hang out. Yeah, but the the red thing. I know, that's the microphone that you can, that you're being recorded. That's why you had to say hi. No. Yeah. I mean, you did already. You don't have to say it now. I'm just saying that's why you had to say hi. I, I, I want that. You want what? My microphone? 
Um, how about no? What are you going to do with the microphone? You're going to talk to I me. Want, I want a black one. You want a black mm. one? And uh, I want the light green. You want the light to be green? You're very, you really like, you're trying to customize your stuff? I don't know if they do that. Okay. All right, so. That. We're going to have to take a break. Um. Um. Hey, yeah, this break. Uh, this break is brought to you up. by Ami Team. By Ami Nata Team, our co-host. Um, we will come. Yep, we will come back to you later with more Harry Potter <sighs> business. <sighs> Welcome back. Sorry about that interruption. Um, my sister, as you all know, doesn't believe in doors. So yeah, let's just go back to what you're we talking about. So what were you saying, Robin? Harry's wealth is akin to like someone who just won the Powerball, right? So one day you have nothing, and then the next day you have one point five billion dollars, and right. you're just like, um, <laughs> don't really know. And and because he's also underage, so it's a little bit different um, than someone winning the Powerball, obviously. But he doesn't have uh, the he doesn't have the history of having money um, to make him kind of like Draco, who just like takes it for granted and also thinks that that says something about who he is. Right. You know, like Draco's, um, and this isn't like to shit on Draco, which we have, there's plenty of reasons to shit on Draco, but Mm -hmm. like, um, this is something that you find a lot is like Draco and people with wealth, I think take the fact that they have money as like a, um, sign that they're better than people which is to say that they're more the the money proves that they're more deserving or they're better than in a certain way as opposed right. to just like they happen to find themselves in that situation you know what I mean you know, like, like like we've talked about before like Jacob doesn't do anything besides have the luck of being born into a family with money like he doesn't right. and he he doesn't earn it he doesn't um yeah, he, he doesn't do anything to make that money. Uh, so it's just really, like, a piece of privilege that he just so happened to fall into. Um, and I think that's what makes Harry feel very self-conscious when he sees, you know, basically the Weasleys empty out what they have and they're living, you know, for all intents and purposes, paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And, he, and then they immediately go to his vault, which is just, you know, full of money. And... I don't know, um, really, because comparatively, I think maybe Harry would probably be, like, obviously, like, his parents set him up in a way that he's able to, uh, like, take care of himself and afford school and afford what he needs in the wizarding world, because he also says something like, you know, he doesn't think that um, the Dursleys' abhorrence of magic would uh, transfer over or would stretch as far as to like, also abhor, like, a pile of gold underneath, right. you know, a pile of well, I mean, gold. Well, I mean, like, Potters, the Potters are, like, a, you know, I mean, they're not as old as, like, the Malfoys or the whatever, you know, like, they're not, like, pure blood all the way through, but, like, they're a pretty wealthy, like, wizarding family, and we, like, I think um, Pottermore, like, talks about how they got their wealth from, um... Relaxing. Yeah, from Relaxer. <laughs> <laughs> They're like from the uh, Madam C.J. Walker of, of the Wizarding the, exactly, World. Exactly, of the Wizarding World. Wow. Um, yeah, so from Sleek Easy's hair potion, that's how they got a lot of their wealth. So I think that, like, I think it's probably 
much more since Harry only goes in there like a couple, maybe like once. Um, you know what I mean? He only needs Ooh. it for his school things at this point, and like you know, a couple. You know, we'll see later. He like buys. He like kind of treats him and Hermione and Ron to ice cream. But you know what I mean? Like for a twelve-year-old, it's hell of money. And I'm sure once he gets older, and it's like, okay, now I have to budget these things. Maybe it's not as much, but I think he still has like a good amount of wealth. Like, yeah, no, he's definitely got a head start. Yeah. Um, but I do think, like you were saying, like he for a twelve-year-old, it's it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's also, like, he's not sitting there thinking, like, oh, I'll never have to work. Um, right. He, and maybe it's also just a function of who he is. I don't know. They don't really get into it. And ugh, the Potters die so young, you know. But they don't talk about, like, what James did post. I don't think, um, he, and, I don't think he worked. I don't think yeah. either of them did. Because I'm yeah, like, they to. But I'm not sure if it's because they didn't also, they didn't have to, or the fact that it was, like, during wartime, you know, it's, like... Well, I mean, like... A little... Yeah, I mean... I don't know, I think people would, were still working. Yeah, they were still working, but, but like, I... Like, they could have gotten jobs at the ministry. I yeah. think, I'm, like, I'm, I feel like, and I could, you know, I could be making this up. I feel like I read something where it was, like, they didn't have to work, so they kind of, like, put all their stuff into the Order of the Phoenix. Like, that's what they did. Yeah. But I totally could be making that up. Well, I think my point, though, is that, like, they, yeah, they couldn't probably live comfortably, but they're probably also going to be living frugally because they are, they make the, you know, like, we can survive, we don't have to work um, while there is this bigger thing going on, but I don't know, they didn't, it didn't, to me, it doesn't seem like there was this, like, um, idea that they would never work. You know, mm-hmm. um, or an, and also I think that's also just because I don't think of Lily and James as being the type of people that just would do anything. Yeah, that just wouldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, but uh, Harry definitely doesn't have that assumption, I guess. So yeah, I just think that 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 was like the thought I wanted to finish. Just the idea that he feels. Um, I don't know. It's not ashamed, but kind of self-conscious about it. And um, you'll see later in the chapter, and actually a couple of pages, when like he, um, it's there, there's also this thing about like having wealth and having fame, like the things that you can most afford tend to be just given to you. Right. Um, yeah. Oh my god. You know, yeah. and you think about that in like celebrity culture, where it's like, I think I read somewhere last. Oscars or Grammys. It was one of the bigger award shows, like the mm-hmm. um, party favors, basically that they give to every nominee was like worth like a hundred thousand dollars of right. like gifts and whatever that they give. And it's like of all the people that need a hundred thousand exactly. like, dollar gift, it's not these it's like not. <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a thing that I wanted to talk about. But let's let's go yeah. in. So they um, leave Gringotts and like you said, Harry is, uh, Harry's pocket was clamoring uh, with gold and silver Mm -hmm. and bronze uh, coins just wanting to be, clamoring to be spent. Yeah, they all like kind of split up. Yeah, they all go their separate ways. And then they're going to like come back. Uh, when they to flourish in blocks later in an hour, yeah. Um, so Harry does buy three large strawberry and peanut butter ice creams, which sounds fucking delicious, by does. the way. 
It does. That, that sounds... I want ice cream. You always want ice cream. I always want ice cream. Um, but I want strawberry and peanut butter ice cream. I might try to go get one of those. Um, Ron is gazing longingly at Quidditch, like Chudley Cannon Quidditch robes. Um, Hermione, ever the logical witch, drags him off to get um, parchment and ink next door. Um, they met Fred, George, and Lee Jordan at, a, at the joke shop. <clears throat> um, where they were st- they were stocking up on supplies, <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> which yeah. is like awesome. And then um, find Percy deeply immersed in a small but and deeply boring book <laughs> called Prefects Who Gained Power: A Study so of cool. Hogwarts Prefects and Their Later Careers. Ron read aloud off the back cover, um, and then goes to try to like make fun of Percy and he's like go away yeah um I do want to like I underline that prefects who gained power because it does show and I think Ron says you know he's very ambitious Percy he's got it all planned out he wants to be minister of magic and I think there's something where um within the Weasleys it's kind of not that they discourage Percy's ambition but it's kind of like Again, it's like, oh, pompous Percy wants to be Minister of Magic. It's like... Yeah, I think that, like... I don't know. It's interesting. I think that Percy is probably, like, of all of them, he's definitely the black sheep. But, mm-hmm. like... I don't know. They don't neglect... It's just more like he gets made fun of the most because, like, he's the one who's the most, like, self-important, I feel like. Yeah. And, I, I, and, and like, you know, Molly, that's, like, from... From in terms, if you're talking about Molly, then like Fred and George would definitely think that they were the, the black, black sheep, yeah. right? Because like she's always like on them about like why don't, I can't you be more like Percy? So it's not like cut and dry, I guess. Um, but I think that with Percy, I think everyone is I mean, at least in the parents, like the siblings, like siblings are gonna make fun of you, like regardless, and especially if you like do if you're like really successful, but then also like act super you know what I mean like they're just like look I have my prefix badge on even though we're not at Hogwarts like that kind of (laughs) like you're just asking to be made fun of by your siblings but if it's like but in terms of parents like I feel like Arthur and Molly are real like um you know proud of Percy and they're like really happy for him and stuff and I think that Percy's ambition is as of right now it's like a good thing Mm -hmm. and it's like something that um that, yeah, it's just something that they're, like, really happy about because they're, like, okay, he's going to go far. He's going to be successful versus, like, later on when the ambition becomes too much, like, to the point where he, like, disowns his family or, like, disrespects his well, family. Well, I think it's this awesome And he's, like, like, his ambition and it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, a balance between him being ambitious and him being, like, opportunistic and being, like, I don't want to say umbrage because umbrage is a little bit, like, extreme um, but it's a similar thing where you like follow wherever the tide is turning because yeah. that's what's going to get you ahead. Well, it's, I think to, like, there is, I right. think it is kind of umbrage. Um, I think that's a good point to make because I, um, unlike umbrage though, Percy finds the limits to his ambition. Right. And he's um, not like and a his, terrible person. Yeah. He's his just, like yeah. upbringing does kick in and like his values start to reassert themselves. But mm-hmm. I think that there's something to, um, how Percy's ambition gets morphed because of Molly and Arthur. So we see a lot with like Ron being very self-conscious about how much money they, they have and their status. Um, 
but it's very childlike in terms of like, I wish I could have these nice things or, you know, like how later in Goblet of Fire getting upset with Harry because Harry has so much money. He doesn't even notice that the gold Ron gave him, um, disappeared was, I was leprechaun gold, but it's to Harry. It's like, I don't need you to pay me back. I'm, I'm doing this because like I, I had this whole thing worked out with my friend in college, um, where it was like we kind of got ourselves on payment schedules from our parents on like opposite things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so like when she was at her poorest, that's like right when I got my like, you know, allowance or whatever from my mom. Right. And then when I was like, when all that money was gone, she got her money. And so it was one of those things where it was like, let's do, you know, oh, let's go out to dinner. I don't have any money. Oh, I'm, I'm paying for it. You know what I mean? It's just like, I want to do this and I want to do this with you. Right. So I don't care that it costs me money. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not. I'm willing to spend the money so that we can do these things together. And I'm not asking for you to pay me back. I don't want you to pay me back. Mm -hmm. I like your presence is payment. You know what I mean? Because it's like either, either I do this thing by myself, which is boring, or I don't do this thing because you can't come or, you know, I just pay a little bit more and we get to both enjoy this and we do it together. And that's what makes it fun. And Ron doesn't really get that part of it. And I think this is something that, also bothers Percy, but it just is quieter about it because I think, and I think that Percy doesn't um, appreciate the sacrifices that Arthur and Molly have made. In his mind, he's like, and and I think it comes up later, it's like, well, Arthur should have been more ambitious and gotten a better job, and then we wouldn't have had, you know, All all these problems. And also we would have had, our family would have had more respect. We would have been more like, the Malfoys, the Malfoys exactly. in terms of not their beliefs, but in terms of their status among wizarding kind. Mm-hmm. And to Percy's mind, it, it becomes, um, it, it's almost like he, he thinks that Arthur is being selfish by doing something that he enjoys and working in this place. You know what right. I mean? Because he doesn't give his, his, family the best of um what Percy deems to be important which is status and power and money mm-hmm. yeah um so that I think is very umbrage like um and if not for the fact that the Weasleys are a very strong family and that Percy's um like he was still raised right yeah exactly so he but has, his, like, he's not his values it's are not still to the point where he's like okay i'm gonna be on Voldemort's side it's yeah not that and extreme. he it's like i'll be on fudge's side yeah but, but not to the point where that becomes Voldemort. then it's like oh wait nah i gotta Ex- exactly evaluate my situation and, and with percy it's all you know to percy Vol- fudge is um his Dumbledore, right? So the way yeah. that, like, Harry's like, I'm Dumbledore's man through and through. Percy's like, I'm Fu- I'm Fudge's or I'm the Ministry's man through and through. Ministry more than Fudge. Yeah, because yeah. it, it, it does shift with the, you know, un- well, it's not I mean, as bad well, as we don't really Umbridge, s- but... Yeah, and I mean, like, we do see that, like, Percy, like, when he does come back and apologize, like, he's kind of been coming to this for a minute. Yeah. So it's Because not like the further just... out on a ledge Fudge goes it's harder and harder for Percy to follow. 
Right, um, and then once he's gone, then I'm sure he was like, okay, then I guess I'll follow Scrimger. He seems, well, yeah, because he was with Scrimger, and then they, like, go yeah. to Weasley's house, and it's all crazy. But it's more like when it becomes clear that, like, so it's probably, like, pious. Yeah, when it he's like. it clear that Voldemort is, like, has taken over the ministry, and he's like, all right, how am I going to get out? Like, yeah. how's this going to work? Exactly. Um, but, so, that's, but this is, like, kind of the setting up and it's really funny too because I didn't realize how slowly this they like or how soon she starts setting this up with Percy because this is the second book mm-hmm. um and I mean I think like like subconsciously I knew because like once it came like in Order of the Phoenix when like they tell Harry that Percy like the, you know like yeah he his, he's dead or whatever yeah like I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, it wasn't like yeah, a, it's it wasn't a like out of the blue. So it's not a surprise, yeah. even though it was still kind of a surprise. You know what I mean? It was still like, dang, Percy went that far. But then it was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can see <laughs> that. Like, it wasn't like a, yeah, it wasn't like a, um, it wasn't out of character. Yeah, exactly. It so that. it's it's really funny that we see um, this start with just like these small little passages mm-hmm. but it's like like you said it's not like oh where the hell did that come from it's exactly. kind of like oh i was hoping that he wouldn't go that far exactly but, um, but it happened it happened um, so they okay. all meet up at flourish and blocks um mm-hmm. about there's an hour a, after there's like a huge crowd um trying to get in and the reason for this was proclaimed by a large banner stretched across the upper windows Gilderoy Lockhart will be signing copies of his autobiography, Magical Me, today, 12.30 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. Loving the alliteration. And the titles. Like, his title game is strong. They are. It is. So his editor or whatever, you know. They're on point. They're on point. Um, We can actually meet him, Hermione Squilled. I mean, he's written almost the whole book list. LOL right there, because that is something (laughs) that... I mean... To Hermione's credit, as soon as she realizes who Gilderoy is, her infatuation dips quickly. I think she's yeah. in love, or not in love, but she's in, she's intrigued by the fact that this, like, for all intents and purposes on paper, this man is, like, a brilliant mind and a writer exactly. and is, like, a scholar, you know, and so... He's done all of these things. He's done all of these things, and, and then he's like, written about them. And, exactly. And, like, um, he's on the book list, so it must be legit. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, the crowd seemed to be made up mostly of witches around Mrs. Weasley's age, which so, it's so funny to me. That reminds me of, like, um, well, like, I know, last, earlier we were talking about, like, he's basically, like, the Denzel, the, the Idris of, like, the wizarding world. Did I ever tell this story um, on the podcast about my mom and Denzel? I know we talked about your mom and Idris. My mom's a bit... I don't know if we talked about your Okay, mom. so my mom's a bit older than your mom. Yeah. Um, so they're like... I don't um, know. About 10 years apart or something? Nine, like I don't know how much older your mom is than your dad, but your dad is nine years older than her. Oh, so then my mom is eight years older than your mom. Okay. So, you know, there's like that... It's kind of like me and you. There's like this big, a good chunk of uh, time that makes it, you know, like they, they're still friends and they like the same kind of stuff, but there's these yeah. little differences. So we went to, me and my mom went to New York to see Denzel Washington and Viola Davis and Fences. Mm. So I love Broadway. I've always loved Broadway. I've always loved theater. Um, and so my mom is asking me like all of these things about like what's happening and blah, blah, blah. And this is my first time like, 
on Broadway to go see a show. So I'm just like super jazzed about it. Um, so they're setting up the barricades outside of the theater doors as we're walking in. And she's like, what's that about? And I go, oh, well, after the show, um, they that, that's where the actors come out and people like to get their playbook signed. And there's like a certain subset of people that are like, you know, theater heads who even if they don't go to the show, they try to get playbooks signed by everyone or, you know, so it get, it can get kind of, you know, busy. Yeah. So my mom's like, oh, we don't do that. So my mom has this whole thing about how I'm starstruck. And I'm like, the, to me, it's like, okay, but I live and breathe film and t- and theater and all this stuff. It's like, it's not starstruck so much. It's like, it's not that they're celebrities. It's that these are the people that like do something that I, I place a lot of value in. Right. You know what I mean? It's like the same thing if like I saw Alice Walker, I'd be like, oh, fucking God. You know? Exactly. It's like, it's not that like, it just so happened that those are the people that are on TV or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. like, I am but just... that's as, not, like, that, why you Yeah, like exactly. So, she's like, we're, we're not doing that. We we are not starstruck. We don't ask for autographs. We're not doing that. And I was like, <laughs> all right, Mom. So, we go see the show. It's amazing. Viola's amazing. Denzel's amazing. It's all amazing. And then as we're leaving, she's like, okay, well fine like let's go get dinner and I don't know what it is about my mom but she just thinks that like I just know what to do so I'm like on Yelp and TripAdvisor because like I don't know where to go get dinner right. <laughs> like okay like I live in California with you right. so I'm like okay we'll stand over you know there don't get trampled because you know this will happen yeah. I'm gonna look for a place that's open and that I think that you'll like so I'm on my phone and I turn around and this, and it's like all women my mom's age, they're all in their like Sunday finest, like Easter, like <laughs> just like, dr- like dressed, you know, like they go in to see Denzel. So they right. put on their best. I turn around and this woman who is like, we don't do that. We are not starstruck. Is screaming at me. Robin, get a picture. Denzel. Denzel. <laughs> and it's like lost her shit. And Denzel is like really cool and he's like cracking jokes with people or whatever. Right. But my mom is like, bitch, I said, get a picture. Like, where are you? Like all of a sudden oh, I turn man. around and she is like pushed her way to the front and is like cheesing. And is like, get a picture. And then after Denzel walks by, and I'm like laughing. I'm like, oh, so we don't we don't do that. Right. <laughs> Viola Davis comes by and my oh, mom Lord. is like, you are so gorgeous and magnificent get a picture like just like and I was like oh my god all right it was totally Molly Weasley at Gilroy Lockhart's site like just I understand that's hilarious it was so funny after all after all of that and then like it was it was it was all of her morals and I'm trying to teach my daughter about composure and not being starstruck and then Just Denzel gone. and Viola Davis. That's the thing. It's like, <laughs> if it had been some, like, little kids or something, like, yeah. <laughs> she would have been able to keep it, but... Yeah, it was Denzel, Denzel and Viola Davis, which is, like, Denzel is, you know, Denzel. That's Denzel, exactly. Just, you know, so I, like, I give her a pass because I'm, like, okay, like... Yeah, you it's know. Denzel, but still, that's so funny. <laughs> it is oh so funny. God. I have to show you the pictures of her just, like... <laughs> like, just... <laughs> she is on, like... 11 and it is oh my amazing because I, I'm pretty sure she did call like 
blurt out a bitch. Like, where's the, get a picture? That's so funny. The picture oh. now. It's like, I'm not, I was on what? Yelp? I don't know. Right. So I funny. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> getting us dinner. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so, no, that's definitely like, just reminds me of that. And like, yeah. Man. Yeah. So Hermione, Ron, and Harry squeeze inside. There's a long line. Um, wound around the back of the shop where Gilderoy Lockhart was signing his books. They each grabbed a copy of the standard book spells grade two and sneaked up the line to where the rest of the Weasleys were standing with Mr. and Mrs. Granger. Oh, there you are. Good, said Mrs. Weasley. We'll be able to see him in a minute. Gilderoy Lockhart comes slowly into view, seated at a table surrounded by large pictures of his own face, all winking, flashing, dazzling white teeth at the crowd. That's the thing. It's like... It's so funny because no one feels Lockhart as much as Lockhart does. Exactly. Which is crazy. Like, I don't you know, know if you've like, ever been he... to a book signing, but like usually how it works too is like, I mean, the, it, this is basically how it is. There's a long table. You're in a line. But when the author comes, like I went, the last book signing I think I went to was like Bill Simmons for the book of basketball. So it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but Usually they're surrounded by pictures or posters of the book they're about to sign. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And, and maybe I guess, like, a picture of themselves, but... Yeah. And yeah, it is a memoir or an autobiography, so maybe it's like but... That, but still, like, he... I mean, even, like, later... <laughs> like, isn't his office, like... His office is full of, of pictures of himself, yeah. It's a lot. Like, it's just... <laughs> it's doing so much. Um, yeah, he's just like... Yeah, he definitely is his biggest fan. Yeah. And that says a lot because he has a lot of fans. Exactly. And I mean, you know, like there's, there is something about like self congratulations, not being a bad thing. Like Kanye tries to tell us all the time. Like if you're a creative genius, like say you're a creative genius, but, um, there's like a line, there's a line. Yeah. And then we, and we will see like constantly the kind of all publicity is good publicity thought that like, I mean, Gilderoy just, like, like wholeheartedly believes in. So, like, even later, I mean, you know, um, Ron is getting, Ron is stepped on by an irritable-looking man dancing around taking photographs. Out mm-hmm. of the way there. This is for the daily profit. Big deal, says Ron, rubbing his foot. And Gilderoy looks up and hears him. He sees Ron. And then and he, he sees, sees Harry. Him. Exactly. And he's like, it can't be Harry Potter grabs Harry out of the crowd and is like, nice big smile, Harry. Together, you and I are worth the front page. And that's like, like a, yeah, I was like, that's like a really, and I I don't remember how like jealous Ron gets in this book. Like if he does, he probably does a little bit, but it's just like, that was a really like, really like big visual and like how Ron feels <laughs> yeah. most of the time. It's like he gets stepped on and Harry gets like whisked Pulled away up to, the to front like take to, like, pictures. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about it, like, the being stepped on part, but that's so true. And this is, like, a great example of this. But I think Ron is a little bit more forgiving of Harry just because very quickly they all realize that Gilderoy is... Is ridiculous. Is ridiculous and full of hot air. No, I think, Um, yeah. I was like, that's why I'm like, I'm not sure how jealous he gets before he realizes that, like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like a it's like a recurring theme where like Ron gets jealous because Harry gets all this attention. This is like why they get into that big fight in Goblet of Fire. It's like yeah. he's jealous because Harry gets all this attention, and Harry's like, I don't want this attention. So <laughs> like, it's like you a could weird, have it. Yeah. exactly. So it's like a weird thing where it's like there is some privilege in like 
being famous. But if you don't want it, then it begins to feel like heavy. You know what I mean? So it's and like I think weird... that that's also something that Molly tries to teach Ron that he never really gets until probably the end of until like Deathly Hollows. That there mm-hmm. is also a difference between between being famous and infamous. Like right. Harry isn't famous for anything that he's actively done mm-hmm. um, until we get to. Maybe Goblet of Fire. Maybe Fire at the end when he wins the Triwizard Tournament, mm-hmm. but also that immediately, um, and it also immediately shows like as quickly as people are there to cheer for Harry, they're turn they turn against him. You know, I mean, and the other thing is like with Harry, like his fame is closely related to like this terrible thing that happened in his life and this terrible thing that keeps happening in his life. So it's not like he's just famous because he like is famous. He's famous because he, like, his parents were murdered by this, like, dark wizard and then he wasn't. Or, like, yeah. then later he defeats the dark wizard again. Or, like, he wins the Triwizard Tournament but he comes back with, like, a kid who was dead. And they like, Order of the Phoenix, Ron doesn't have that, those problems. Mm-hmm. But it does come back. Like, it's all through Goblet of Fire and Harry's like, no, dude, like, somebody's trying to kill me. Like, why would I want to be in this tournament? And, like, even Deathly Hollows, like, Ron gets the, he gets angry again, but he's like, no, like, this is actually, like, real life. Like, yeah, yeah, everybody else is, like, putting me on this pedestal, but, like, I'm actually trying not to get murdered, so. And I also think, too, that Harry is saying to Ron in a way that Ron, it takes Ron a long time to, to understand, and this is something that happens, like, I think in war in general, like, even now, it's, like, it's hard to, re- it's difficult for people to remember, like, that we have been, we're at war, we're still at war, you know what I mean? So the, fa- mm-hmm. like, people who's, like, families who are directly, like, I don't know where my son is, I don't know where he's coming, you know, like, like they felt more tied to it, but it's, like, um, every, everyone has a, have stake in it, but some stakes are higher and some stakes are lower. So for Ron and his like intact family, it's easy to forget, like, especially because he was, he wasn't really, he wasn't around the first time that Voldemort was taking power, but it's easy to forget that like this stuff does affect Ron and it does affect his family. Mm -hmm. And it's, and then very, so Ron is just thinking about it in a very, short limited point of view until Deathly Hollows when it does become really real that exactly his family is in danger and on the line and everything like that and you know he also like loses someone he then also turns around and be- to Harry and says you know terrible things like well you don't even have a family which is like yeah, yeah this is what we've been fighting about <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is a reoccurring argument in our in our friendship it's like mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have a family. And remember why I don't, you know? And remember right. why we're here. So it's... Um, as much as we talk about how strategic Ron is in thinking, he's also very short-sighted in that way. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's emotional. And it he's makes emotional. sense. Like, yeah. a lot of, like... It's not like his feelings aren't, like, unfounded. Yes. Like, he's definitely, like, tripping sometimes. <laughs> um, but it's not like it just come from nowhere. Like he's not imagining some of this stuff. Yeah, no, it's even if he doesn't, even if he's not totally like understanding the full scope of it, like it's still happening to him. And there's like a reason why he's having these feelings, but he, even if he's a little, like you said, he's short sighted. So he's not yeah. totally seeing like the entire thing. Yeah. It's all based in like reality. It's just mm-hmm. his um, reactions to it are, Short, yeah, short, 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 and um, 
and sometimes he's a bit overboard, you know? Like, he he blames the wrong person yeah. for a lot of things. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, it's like it's not like he can go up to Voldemort and be like, you fucking suck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Harry just happens to be right there. And so yeah. he, you know, it's kind of also the way that, like, Percy, you know, like, you're blaming the wrong person. Like, mm-hmm. you should not be mad at who you're mad at. Um, yeah. So, anyway. So, um, yeah. Um, after Lockhart. grabbing Harry and taking these pictures, go ahead. Yeah, um, Lockhart says, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, what an extraordinary moment this is. The perfect moment for me to make a little announcement I've been sitting on for some time. When young Harry Potter here stepped into Flourishing Blots today, he only wanted to buy my autobiography. Which, I don't think he wanted to buy the autobiography. No, he really didn't. He, he, he needed the books. Like, the yeah. autobiography is not on, his, on the book list. Anyway, which I shall be happy to present him now, free of charge. He had no idea that he would shortly be getting much, much more than my book, Magical Me. He and his schoolmates will, in fact, be getting the real Magical Me. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I have the great pleasure and pride in announcing that this September I will be taking up the post of Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. The crowd cheered and clapped. And it's really funny. Sorry, um, but it's funny that that is like... a status thing I guess like well no I think they're like oh my god he's gonna be taught by like somebody who's actually done all this stuff but I was gonna say like I'm pretty sure it becomes kind of clear as they go on that most of the staff know that guilt that Lockhart's like a fraud but then mm-hmm. so I, at first I was gonna be like why did Dumbledore hire him but then I remember like that that position's cursed yeah so, like, people are trying to nobody, take that job nobody <laughs> takes that so he just gets who he could get yeah so and I also kind of want to believe I don't know if this is true but a, a, a little bit of it is like alright I'm taking who I can get right now but also like this will be a good way to like discredit this fraud right like and he like, can't yeah. even teach but I don't know um, I would hope it's that it's hard to do that like that, that like okay Defense of the Dark Arts feels like um, it's like in high school where you have like that one subject that just like never like for example like foreign language at my high mm-hmm. school was like it was not consistent so it was like my first year uh, I took Spanish my first year I had a teacher who left halfway through to go to a different school but like <laughs> he just got the job and then dipped so we got back from winter break and we didn't have a teacher anymore so then we had like months of subs and then finally had another teacher for like the last two months of school and then the next year I had this teacher who was like he just was a t- he wasn't a good teacher at all and then the, and then the year after that then I finally had a good teacher but then she wasn't she kept having like like you know family emergencies and stuff so she wasn't there often mm-hmm. and then I had like a teacher who was consistent so my foundation on Spanish is like shit basically. yeah it's like well, not great also so that's like, kind of they, thing that's like kind of like foreign language in schools in general it's just like not good. yeah <laughs> it's not good because it's like they can't figure out a way to keep it like cohesive and I mean like I was thinking it could be also the same with like math or like just subjects that kind of build on themselves yeah and if you don't have like consistency in your teachers then you're just not gonna be good at it <laughs> period and so yeah it's just like that's pretty much the defense against the dark arts arts post and like luckily they they have seven years and I mean yeah. I guess in like Harry Ron Hermione six years but they have like so their first two years aren't great but they get to they get to loop in where it's um they get to loop in where then it's like you know sorry, yeah I'm trying to like talk over Ami because she's trying to distract me but whatever <laughs> um 
Yeah, so he gets to Lupin where it's like, okay, now we have, like, a good professor yeah. who, like, actually knows his stuff and he's really, like, deliberate and, like, we could talk about this in the next book, but, like, he's really deliberate about what he teaches them and he's like, okay, we're talking about magical, like, creatures. creatures. That's what we're yeah. doing. This is our whole year and this is, you're gonna learn how to, like, deal with all these things. Yeah. And then you get, um, what's it called? Mad-Eye, who's really Barty Crouch, but he's actually... He's a, a good teacher. He's a good teacher, mm-hmm. and, like, we're gonna talk about that later, too. Like, he was really, like... Yeah. He was teaching them kids. So he's like, okay, we're gonna talk about dark spells and, like, curses and stuff, and that's what we're doing. And then we get Umbridge, who was terrible. But, but Harry, at, Harry that point, at that point is a good teacher. Like, exactly, because he had two years of great teachers, plus he was in the Triwizard Tournament, so he had to learn all these, like, extra And he things. had practical experience. And, so had, that, exactly and then experience. that was all about this is how you're going to use these spells. Exactly. You know, because he was like literally in the maze and was mm -hmm. like, okay, I need to use this spell. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then sixth year, I mean, he has Snape and the only reason he wasn't able to learn from Snape is because him and Snape have like, I think because Snape actually knows a lot, like he's a smart person, but like they are unable to like, the two of them are unable to, Snape is a bad teacher when it comes to, Harry and that's what I'm saying. Like he's they're unable to separate their antagonism in order to actually like teach, teach and to learn. And learn because like because we see through in the Half Blood Prince when he's the teacher. Like we see in the book, like Harry's learning from the the potion book. He mm-hmm. doesn't know it's Snape, so he's totally open to what's yeah being, being taught. You know what's there. So um, which we'll go in deeper, I guess, in like three years. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm just saying like the the consistency of Defenseus Dark Arts compared to all the other classes i mean that's what happens when you have to switch professors every year yeah and so it's hard to build on to like what's you know what's coming next what's happening what what the teachers are going to prioritize prioritize whereas like lockhart obviously he comes in he just prioritizes himself he's like you're just gonna learn all about me yeah that's but also um lock i don't think that lockhart um is able to teach very well, not only just because he's all very focused on himself, but he he doesn't have... He doesn't know. He doesn't... Yeah. yeah. So he knows um, what's been told to him, but then he doesn't... He hasn't, like, really studied. He's taken the shortcut, so he can't mm-hmm. then teach other people how to uh, learn something that he never took the time never to learn. Learned. Exactly. Um, I will also say, though, that, like, I like what you said about Snape um, and teaching, but I think Quirrell probably was also a decent teacher. He was a good first foundation. Um, No, they were already, they were talking about how his class was a joke. Well, I think he was a joke. We didn't really get to, yeah, but if your teacher's a joke, you're not going to learn anything if you're not taking your teacher seriously. I guess that's true. Like, regardless of what they're teaching, you're not going to listen to them. Yeah. So he's like, nah. Um, <laughs> so Gilderoy presents uh, Harry with all the entire works of Gilderoy Lockhart. So that's all the school books he needs, plus Magical mm-hmm. Me, um, and then probably some other books. He managed to make his way out of the limelight to the edge of the room where Jenny was standing near her new cauldron. Here, you have these all by my own, which is like so that's, nice because oh a gosh. hearts he's. He rec- I don't even know. I don't even know if he's really thinking like, you know, that's one less set of books that they have to buy. I think that right. plays into it, but it's also like I don't, 
you know. I think it's both. I think it's, like, a mix of, like, he's, this whole time, like, this whole day he's been hearing about how expensive these, or not the whole, when they got the, it's not the, the book list, they got yeah. the book, but they got the book list, so he's been hearing, like, okay, we gotta buy 35 books, like, <laughs> and these are all really expensive, and so we're not the, I mean, we're gonna make do, but what are we gonna do? You know what I mean? We're yeah, they're, they're no second-hand books. Her, and then they go to Gringotts, and there's, they, Harry sees how much money they have, and then he, compared to how much money he has, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's presented with, like, free books, and he's like, well, I don't need these, clearly, and I know someone who does, and it's, I think, I think it's probably Jenny specifically because, She's um, there. Well, no, oh. I think it's because that's, like, Molly was like, we're gonna have to get all of her things secondhand. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, she's the one who's gonna get the brunt of it, mm-hmm. mostly, because she's the youngest, so... You know what I mean? Like, the older ones get priority, which makes sense. Yeah. So I think that Harry, like, specifically, because, you know, Ron and um, Hermione were right next to him. So he, yeah. like, goes to... And not, not even, and I, like, I think oh, he he's also, so in love with her. It's just more, like, no, no, no. in terms I, of who it's gonna help. Yeah. Most, and I think he also Jenny. recognizes, though, that Ron isn't... As much as Ron... Ron wouldn't take them. He wouldn't... Yeah. It would, it would yeah. be more of an insult to Ron. He wouldn't... He would feel, like, charity, and he's, you know, mm-hmm. he's too proud for that. Um... So here comes Draco, famous Harry Potter, can't even go into a bookshop without making the front page. Leave him alone. He didn't want all that, said Ginny. It was the first time she'd spoken in front of Harry and she was glaring at Malfoy. Right. I think that that's like, we don't, we get a, like, we don't get as much Ginny in this and like we, you know, and a lot of the time she's like really struggling, but Mm -hmm. I think this is the first time we get. Well, yeah, like you said, this is the first time she'd spoken in front of Harry, but also, like, this is when we get, like, her actual personality versus, like, her just seeing Harry and running into a yeah. corner, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, she's she stands up for people, and she understands that, like, that wasn't something, like, she saw, like, that's yeah. not what Harry wanted, you know what I mean? Versus, like, I mean, Ron, I'm sure, is fine at this point, but, you know, like... Ron would see that and be like, oh, look at... He would be the same as Draco, Mm -hmm. low-key. Like, oh, famous Harry Potter. He's always, you know, doing this. Whereas, like, Ginny's like, nah, you could tell that was not... Yeah, I mean, I think Ron... Ron would be the same as Draco, but Ron would also understand that, like, Harry doesn't really want it, even though he's not... Right, and I was gonna say, he'd get over it because they're friends. It's not... It's not not the same, but I mean, like, that would be his first But, like, he would think, yeah, that sucks and it's unfair, but I think Ron also kind of thinks... And you don't even, like, appreciate it. You know, whereas right. on the flip side, like Malfoy, because Mal- who Malfoy is, Malfoy's like, he freaking loves this and he mm-hmm. like lives to, you know, be in the spotlight. And it's like, right. no, that's not what's happening here. Right. Um, right. And I also think it's funny, too, because this is the first time that we see like the real Ginny and Ginny is very like, she's very self-assured, f- kind of feisty. Um, mm-hmm. She's, she's uh, takes on she, her. It's, it's. Easy to see why her and Hermione get along so well. Yeah. Um, and in true. later books, why they build up a really good friendship. Uh, because they're both, you know, strong women who are not afraid to, like, stand, stand up for themselves and for the people that they love. Um, but I do think that it's kind of interesting that the f- first time that Ginny shows who she really is in front of Harry is because of Malfoy and what that contentiousness is between their families. I don't think that like had, you know, Crab or Goyle said that 
she would have been so quick to stand up for him. But she's like, I'm not going to let some, you know, I'm not going to let Draco Malfoy talk Uh shit against the family, which at this point, Harry's family, you know, Mm -hmm. like regardless of of how she feels about, you know, starstruck or not, she realizes like she's been living with him for a month, you know, um, she, she is recognized that like, he's basically been adopted into the family. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that that also has a lot to do with it, which is very cute. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Potter, you've got yourself a girlfriend, John Malfoy, which is so like 12 years old. (laughs) Isn't you got a girlfriend? Like, Like, oh, he stands up for you. Yeah. Like she stands up for you. So obviously you're in love. And also like, like, what kind of insult is that? 12 year olds. That's Twelve exactly. girls, come y'all on! Like y'all gotta step up your insult game. Yeah. Oh, there's a person of the opposite sex that likes you. Right. How terrible for you. Right. <laughs> Cooties, like. Yeah. Come on, twelve-year-olds, do better. Calm do down. better. Um, um. So, um, Jenny goes scarlet as Ron and Hermione fight their way over, both clutching stacks of Lockhart's books. Oh, it's you," said Ron, looking at Malfoy as if he were something unpleasant on the sole of his shoe. But you're surprised Man. to see Harry here, eh? And that's a low-key, like, we know that you tried to send Dobby to keep Harry from coming yeah, back. exactly. Even though Malfoy doesn't. Yeah, Malfoy has no didn't, idea. Didn't, but still, <laughs> yeah. Um, not as surprised as I am to see you in a shop, Weasley. I suppose your parents will go hungry for a month to pay for all these. Um, Ron went as red as Jenny. He dropped his books into the cauldron, too, and started towards Malfoy. But Harry and Hermione grabbed the back of his jacket. Mm-hmm. Ron said, Mr. Weasley, what is, let's, what are you doing? It's crowded in here. Let's go outside. Time out. He also put, like, okay, so how heavy are these cauldrons? Right. Because Harry just tipped seven or eight books into the cauldrons. Then Ron tipped seven or eight books to, Jimmy is a small child. Like, she's not. Like, and she's like, how am I supposed it to? It says that they're staggering. They're, they're clutching stacks of lockers. Like, those are large books i'm assuming i always thought that the cauldron was on the floor next to jenny and jenny is probably sitting there like oh so i'm just supposed to carry your shit now too like right uh. and i mean like maybe the cauldrons are like you know it's magic so maybe they're like they're charmed to like be lighter to carry or something but still 14 books in there yeah it's also just like kind of rude like oh here hold my books while i you know get down with malfoy (laughs) like you know exactly it's like it's basically ron did the equivalent of like hold my earrings exactly like we got their books and they're much heavier yes and there's a lot of them um so arthur walks by to you know kind of separate the kids but also like Like, let's get get the hell out of here because there's too many people and here i feel bad for like for the um i mean we'll see it later but like i feel bad for the like the people you know the people who like work in the shop yeah because they're already struggling. Yeah. I mean, then, yeah. book releases, book sales, there's, like, so much stuff going on. It's like, the last thing you need is, like, a scuffle. Um, I exactly. just, like, and I'm thinking about, like, Harry Potter book releases, which this is kind of, it's really funny, because I don't know if by chapter, or I mean, by the second book, the book release parties have become, like, a huge deal. I know that, right. like, I went to my first one, um... For Order of the Phoenix, because that's when there was, like, a huge gap between releases, too, so we'd been waiting mm-hmm. for a minute. Um, and so it was like, oh, it's coming out! And, like, all right, the bookstores exactly. were doing, like, hella much. Hella much. I gotta go home. Hmm. I gotta go back to Southern California. Robin's from the Bay. Nope. Where they get hypey and go dumb. Go dumb? 
Robin, are you? Oh my god. Why would you go dumb? We're not. We're not talking about this anymore. Nope. We're not even gonna have this conversation. I can't have this conversation with you. I cannot. Okay. Well, just go back to Harry Potter. All right. So. That just hurt my heart. I'm gonna just say, and then we'll just leave. Because you said go dumb. Nope. We're gonna we're gonna leave it at that. Okay. Because I got hyphy. I know hyphy. Um. The look she's giving me. Uh. So. Lucius said, Mr. Weasley, nodding coldly, busy time at the ministry, I hear, all those raids, hope they're paying you overtime. Like, Lucius, one thing, if you know for a fact you've got a bunch of shit in your manor, maybe don't antagonize Antagonize, the dude that can raid you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and also, like, why are you bringing it up? Like... Well, because, because, like, next, because he reaches into Jenny's cauldron and extracts from all of the glossy Lockhart books a very old, battered copy of A Beginner's Guide to Transfiguration. Obviously not. Dear me, what's the use of being a disgrace to the name of wizard if they don't even pay you well for, for it? So it's basically like, he's just, you know. No, I know, what he's, do- I know what he's he's doing. He's an idiot and he's horrible, but, but he's just like, like look come- at you. Like, you want to talk <laughs> about prudent, you want to teach your son about being prudent. Uh- but, you know, the Weasleys aren't, the, isn't Harry Potter. Yeah. The Weasleys aren't Harry Potter, so it's Yeah, different. and it's also, he, he does still have c- contacts and connections at the ministry, and mm-hmm. Arthur has to be very careful about it looking like, a personal I mean especially with thing. Fudge like Fudge clearly like values money over like he doesn't care about the misuse of Muggle Artifacts office like yeah. he's not yeah he, he really doesn't um but he this is like amazing we have a very different idea of what disgraces the name of Wizard Malfoy and I love that because for two things we were talking about four languages I took French obviously um <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I mean, from everything that you guys know about me, I'm going to take French and learn about the culture. Okay, what was your point? Okay, so Malfoy, (laughs) sorry, the name of Malfoy is a, it comes from French and it means like bad faith. And so, um, Mal is bad in French and like Foy is just like a root for faith. Um, so it's really funny that he's like, we have a different, we have a difference of opinion what disgraces the name wizard when um, the name Malfoy literally, <laughs> like, kind right. of, like, disgraces, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I just thought that that was, like, oh, JK, you're so cheeky and clever. <laughs> um, so then they get into their little tete-a-tete, and, uh, Malfoy's, like, the, looks at Mr. and Mrs. Granger, who are watching apprehensively, the company you keep, Weasley, and I thought your family could sink no lower. And with that, there was a thud of metal as Jenny called, Jenny's cauldron went flying. Mr. Weasley had thrown himself at Mr. Malfoy, knocking him backward into a bookshelf. Dozens of heavy spell books come thundering down on all of their heads. There was a yell of, get him, Dad, from Fred and George. Mrs. Weasley was shrieking, no, Arthur, no, and a crowd stampeded the crowd stampeded backwards, knocking more shelves over. Gentlemen, please, please, cried the assistant, and then louder than all of them. Break it up there, gents, break it up. And here comes Hagrid to, like... Yeah. Man, okay, so a couple things. One, they had, like, an actual fist fight, which yeah. is hella funny to me. Like, y'all yeah. are wizards. And, and middle-aged. Yeah, and middle-aged, right. You're, like, middle-aged wizards, and you were decided, like, all right, 
you're making me mad. We just about to throw that. And actually, it reminds me of in uh, Order of the Phoenix when like Malfoy does the same thing, and mm-hmm. then Harry and George just like go in on his face. That was awesome. Anyway, it also reminds it's me just of, like uh, hilarious to Ron me. Like, with the with the wizard's stool. What do I do in a wizard's stool? Well, you'll probably oh, yeah, throw just punch sparks, him in the nose. Punch him in the nose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like it's quicker. They're like, exactly. That's the thing. It's like it's much quicker than being like, okay, like, <laughs> just pull your wand out and like. Yeah, they're just like, nah, bro, we about to throw down right now. <laughs> um, also, I yeah, again, I feel bad for this assistant, man. They're just all these knocked over uh, spell books and shelves. I'm like, think of the like, books, man. And it's already hectic because it's Gilderoy Lockhart and then also this fight. Like, you are, like, you're not the real MVP, but you are the real MVP. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm not going to change who I made the real MVP, but... Like your job Book, is hard. Shop assistant, we we understand. We yeah, we, we understand your struggle. We appreciative of what yeah. you had to go through. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the fact though that Hagrid, it like it just kind of shows like he waded towards through the sea of books in an in an instant he had pulled Mister Weasley and Mister and Malfoy apart. Mister Weasley had a cut lip, and Mister Malfoy had been hit in the eye by an encyclopedia of toads stools so um i like how quickly like like hagrid is there and how big he is to just kind of like easily separate them mm-hmm. um but you would also think that mr malfoy or lucius i don't uh would also be more chill than that like arthur you kind of i mean and this is kind of funny i have a co-worker who's a ginger and she talks about all the time that like um, stereotype of like the hot-headed redhead, you mm-hmm. know, hot-headed, and so maybe there's like that kind of thing at, at play here. Um, right. That Arthur's hot-headed, but he's also like you can kind of. But he's not really. He's it's not. He ha- it's really just he has a sore spot for like Malfoy. Malfoy yeah, and, and really but like you can also him. like kind of go back to earlier when um harry's explaining like what he heard them out overheard from the malfoys and then um molly being like be careful with that arthur you're like you know they are so very powerful and you don't want to get yourself in trouble and you know don't bite off more than you can chew so i feel like his ego had been like he had taken enough hits to his ego in regards to malfoy already Mm -hmm. and it's a sore spot thing um but it's funny too that I'm trying to, like, find, like think of a good example, like, and that kind of goes back to sports for me. So when I first moved up here, I'm a Lakers fan, and obviously the Lakers aren't doing their best. There have been better years. Um, but when I moved up here, I got a lot of crap from Warriors fans, and I was like, we don't even... Is this a rivalry? Because I wasn't even aware that it was. <laughs> Besides, like, California team versus California team, like... Or historically, like the Lakers have been California. very, very good, and historically, the Warriors have not been, and they've been kind of have neglectful. Yeah. And this has been, you know, like recently, the tables, have, the tides have turned, and the tables have turned. But even still, like I don't hate the Warriors. Like I like literally right. as a Lakers fan growing up, it was like the Celtics and the Kings for a while, and the Clippers. We had this kind of like antagonistic thing because we're in the same city. But it's like, we're not even thinking about you. Like, y'all aren't even on our radar of people. Like, A, yeah. you're not close enough to be, like, annoying and we don't play you all the time. B, you're not good enough to be, like, a threat. So I kind of feel that way about 
Lucius when it's kind of like it's fun. It, I understand the like Arthur's point of view of you know the Malfoys are this powerful family, but they're a bad family and people and like they get away with things and we know that they're getting away with them just because of their money and their position. Mm-hmm. It makes less sense to me besides the fact that like the Weasleys are an old family and are quote unquote blood traders, but it makes less sense to me that Lucius would go out of his way to antagonize and bully Arthur this way. Right. I mean, you know, the Malfoys are, they like that kind of, they like they're to petty. bully. So that's the only, they're hella petty. Yeah. That's their middle name. Yeah. Petty. Lucius Petty Malfoy. Petty Malfoy. Yep. Um, um, but this is so, yeah, so, also funny. So Hagrid says you should have ignored him, Arthur, as, um, oh, wait, real the quick. Malfoys leave. Oh, go ahead. Really quickly. So he, so Malfoy is still holding Jenny's old transfiguration book. He thrust it out her, his eyes glittering with malice. He also threw the diary, diary in there. In there yeah. Just real quick. Just so y'all know. Okay. Yeah, um, go ahead. So, uh, they leave the shop and Hagrid says, you should have ignored him. Rotten to the core, the whole family, everyone knows that. No Malfoy's worth listening to. Bad blood, that's what it is. And this is, like, I think one of the first times they talk about bad blood. But, but I think that also is because he means it in a different way than how Malfoy would say it. Yes. So it's, again, it's, like, the same as, like, the difference in, different idea in what disgraces the name of wizard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like... Malfoy would say bad blood would be like muggle blood, but he's like, no, nah, bad blood, like you're just a bad person. You're rotten to the core. You yeah. Know what I mean? But I think there's so I also something to this idea in the wizarding world and um, in society that you're kind of irredeemable because of where you come from. Um, and so it does go both ways. Like, obviously, for the Malfoys, it's in terms of like, you're like, no matter how good Hermione is, they place no like worth in her because she's muggle born. Um, mm-hmm. But, and so there's nothing that Hermione can do, like facing, you know, getting the best in exams, being head of, head of the class or whatever, that's going to redeem her. And vice versa, there's nothing kind of that Draco could do in the Weasley's eyes to redeem him from being a Malfoy. And there are like, you know, Draco doesn't really want to be redeemed or doesn't really show any kind of, you know, like redemptive qualities or anything like that. But, um, it's also something I think that leads, for example, back to Percy, which is like, he's been struggling to get past his name, you know, like, yeah, the Weasley's are an old wizarding family, but they also have this kind of, um, baggage that comes along with being a Weasley and there's nothing um, that you can do in society to kind of get past that name and that reputation, um, which I think is very difficult and it's very dangerous because you should be able to, or you should be in a perfect world judging people off of the merits of what they do and how they behave um, like Sirius and the black family, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, Okay, so we're like super, we're going super long right now. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> there's so much in this chapter. There's so though. much. Yeah, there's a lot in this chapter. It's kind of crazy. Um, so they hurry up the street. The Granger shaking with fright and Mrs. Weasley beside herself with fury. A fine example to set for your children. Brawling in public. What Gilderoy Lockhart must have thought. He was pleased, said Fred. Didn't you hear him as we were leaving? He asked that bloke from the Daily Prophet if he'd be able to work the fight for, into his report. Said it was all publicity. Um. So they go back to the Leaky Cauldron. 
Harry and the Weasleys um, say goodbye to the Grangers and then leave by flu powder. Um, so Mr. Weasley started to ask uh, the Grangers how bus stops worked, but stopped quickly at the look on Mrs. Weasley's face. Um, not the so, time. Yeah, not the time at all. So um, Harry takes off his glasses and puts them in his pocket before helping himself to flu powder. It definitely wasn't his favorite way to travel. Um, yeah, ma- all magical travel is like horrible, App- like apparition, flu powder, yeah. the night bus. Harry's only like, Harry only likes to fly, and I right, like, and even that's like after a while. <laughs> like like yeah. like in Order of Phoenix when they fly to Grimald Place, like they went a long way. All of a sudden he's like frozen to his broomstick. Yeah, you know he's I mean? like he's like God, so, nothing is. <laughs> y'all need to be more like yeah. He's like, can we not use a car? Yeah, can we please? Um, so who do you have as MVP? Um, Arthur Weasley. Me too. Cause you know, for obvious reason, he punched Lucius. He, like, I really was gonna. But actually... also, like, I just think that he is. Um, I don't know. He's just like a great. He's just great all around in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to see like a little bit of him in the last chapter, but like this one in particular, he's just like a very sweet person, and we can see why like the Weasleys are the way that they are, and like how. Yeah, I don't know. He's just, he's. He's awesome. And then bonus points for, like, jumping Lucius Malfoy. Yeah, that's... So, I... I, I'm actually going to change. So, I had Molly, and then I went to Arthur, because he punched Lucius. But I think it's... (laughs) I should just say, like, the the Molly and Arthur Weasley, because I think Mm. you, you see how they function as a family, and how these two are definitely, like, you know, like, um, you don't want someone, like, we were talking about with, like, Hermione and Percy's, like, you don't... Just because they have similarities doesn't mean that they're fit or they work well together yeah and the they definitely work really well together and you have this like balance of arthur keep like helping the children keep maintain this like playfulness and this like joy and um sense of humor and like love of life that makes him really lovable and not that Mm -hmm. molly isn't like playful and lovable she's very lovable but she's also very nurturing and making sure that like things get done and um, that they're thinking about, you know, like, yeah, she's the disciplinarian, but, like, in that, also, it's, like, you can't just go around punching people. Like, that's no, just not a way can't. to, you know, like, live. You and you can't. You can't just go around, like, <laughs> charming cars to fly and, like, right. how, oh, look how roomy, you know, oh, that that's the next chapter, sorry. But, like, you know, like, you can't just, like, go around doing whatever you want without thinking about the consequences and, mm-hmm. you know, I think that together... They're just like a great little duo, so yeah, they are my MVP. Yep, um, I benched Lucius because he's horrible, and he's just super, he's super classist and misogynist and like anti-Muggle and like he's probably racist too. So <laughs> he just throw that all in there. Like, he's probably homophobic. Like he's just horrible and like. And then on top of that, but I, you know, again, there's the whole thing where, like, he's all of these things, and then also he follows Voldemort. Yeah. Which is what really makes him, like, evil. I don't, do we have any characters who are like that, but, like, don't follow Voldemort? Umbridge. Oh, um, no, like, classic. Umbridge and follows whoever she wants to Barty follow. I guess Barty Crouch Sr. is kind of like that. Yeah. But I don't think that they go so far as to talk about, like, if he has, like, the, st- the same stance on, like, pure blood or anything like that. Yeah, so. I'm not sure either. Okay. But, yeah, so, I don't, I don't know. It, obviously, it's, you know, it's still, like, a children slash young adult, like, book. So, bad and good are still pretty, like, close 
for the most part, are pretty... It gets complicated a little bit, but for the most part, it's pretty, like, cut and dry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Lucius, like, he's the worst. I benched Lockhart, I think, um, A, just because, like, the self-promotion of everything uh, mm-hmm. that he's done, forcing people to buy seven of his books or whatever. That's ridiculous. like, ridiculous. Yeah. And then... Um, the idea of him going to teach and this, it gets worse and worse as we go along, but this is the first Mm -hmm. like idea of like, he's going to like teach and shape these young minds. And he's like, his first lesson to Harry is like the two of us, we write the front page, like, like that fame above all, you know, like, Oh, there's a fight. I mean, he's all about publicity. Yeah. It'll be good publicity if you work the fight into this story, you know? Yeah. And so I think that like, it just is like a, the start to what becomes a recurring theme with him. Um, and I'm not about it. I'm just really not. No. And I understand yeah. like benching Lucius. And I think that like, also this is the time when Lucius sneaks a diary into Jenny, um, gives the diary to Jenny and all the uh-huh. trouble that that starts to cause. But, um, that, so there is a, a valid argument for that, but I just, yeah. no, I totally get Lockhart. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's, I have, like, have a feeling he's going to lose this book. <laughs> like, if I just want to predict, he's going to predict yeah. it right now. I predict that, he's... like, if two people could, it would be between Lucius and Lockhart because... Oh, yeah. Um, Lucius sets up the reasons to... Uh, yeah. I mean, and, like, the Dursleys, obviously, but they just lose just on, on GP. General, yeah. Just whatever. Yeah. They lost already. They're off the team. They got cut. They got cut. Like, <laughs> Dursleys, um, you cut. Yeah. Sorry. Try no again more. next year. Benched. Yeah. Try exactly. again next year. All right. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. This is a long one, but uh, I'm sure that you have some thoughts and feelings, or I hope that you have some thoughts and feelings that you also want to share. Make sure to hashtag Wizard Team on Twitter and let us know who you bench and who is your MVP for this chapter. Chapter. Yep. Four, five. What are we on? Yep. Chapter four. Chapter four. Next. Uh, next week we'll be discussing chapter five, the Whomping Willow. Um, um so yeah so just make sure to read and follow along that's so crazy we're like already going to hogwarts yeah pretty much that was awesome it, i feel like it gets no it doesn't get faster this is faster than the last one it was definitely faster than the last but one but the last one needs to set I up think, a lot of things so yeah and i was i'm trying to think like prisoner of azkaban prisoner of azkaban is pretty quick but then like goblet of fire there's like in order like it starts to be like there's hella shit that happens before they get to hogwarts yeah um but yeah Whatever. <laughs> We're going to Hogwarts. We're going Yay. to Hogwarts. <laughs> there is, um, um, if you ever go to, if you've ever seen Star Kids, you know, we're going back to Hogwarts. No. Okay. There is a great musical, <laughs> Star Kids musical, Harry Potter the musical, and there's a nice song about. Anyway. Okay. Going back to Hogwarts. Yes. Awesome. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we will see you next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yep. Thank you. Thank you.